Thanks for listening to Chicago's Morning Answer podcast sponsored by Signature Bank. Signature Bank takes pride in helping customers grow their business and provide unmatched banking expertise, custom financial solutions, and the industry's best technology. So whether you're a business looking for a deposit relationship or needs a ready source of financing, Signature Bank is the right bank for you. Call today at 773-467-5600 to hear how Signature Bank can help your business grow and thrive. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good Monday morning, Amy Jacobson here and Ray Stevens in for Dan Proft this morning. Feels like I was just here, I'm back again. <laughs> I don't, You filled in for three days? Three whole days. That's 12 hours of radio. It was the uh, it was the best 12 hours of radio on WIND last, last year. <laughs> oh, that's <a> so <laughs> Well, you're always here when it's busy and we have lots of news to get to. Uh, president, not President, uh, well, President Trump visited the border for the first time. And we'll get into that yeah. in our 6 o'clock hour because um, they cleaned up the streets there. Oh, sure. Pat. They didn't take him into the right. second ward. I used to be a reporter there. Mm-hmm. The second ward was down near the Saragossa Bridge. He went to the Freedom Bridge. Um, but he didn't veer right and go two blocks down and see. Of course, he's the, not going to veer right. He's always of thousands of migrants who he's are always going to go left. Church. Ayo. Come on now. So we're going to talk about that. Yay. And then it's back to school today for Chicago Public Schools. Take and, your COVID uh, test. Wear your masks. Oh, no, that that is I, I got I as, as a parent, yeah. as an employee, I got dozens of you know, uh, uh, before you send your son to school for the greater good of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, we handed out COVID tests before we left for uh, Christmas or holiday break. Can't say Christmas. Um, so make sure that you take their test when, and uh, be, before sending little Sally back to school today. Maybe later on in the show, I'll tell you about my uh, experience last week with the Social Security Administration that somehow has my mother making $350,000 a year. Oh, can and, she adopt me? And and uh, <laughs> how I was profiled at that office. Okay, yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that at That's 530. Great. But first, our national nightmare is over. I see that. After 15 rounds of voting, Kevin McCarthy, we finally have a House Speaker. Nice. Did you watch it Friday? You know, I watched a lot of it, and I just thought, man, come on. You couldn't get the—I mean, I get it. There's, You know, you've got people that want to—that that omnibus bill was insane. Yep. Uh, people that pushed it through, I, you know, but, but here it was done. Why do we do this in public? Why not do it behind closed doors? It, can, the Democrats don't eat their own. Republicans do. Exactly. And Kevin McCarthy, the first time up there, you know, as Speaker of the House, he joked a little bit about it at first. That was easy, huh? I never thought we'd get up here. Thank you, Minority Leader Jeffries. Hakeem, I've got to warn you. Two years ago, I got 100% of the vote from my conference. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to bring some levity to the situation, but th- they have a plan. Okay, here's the plan. They're going to do something. They're going to help Americans. All right. Pledge to cut the regulatory burden, lower energy costs for families, and create good-paying jobs for workers by unleashing reliable, abundant American-made energy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 
that was, you know, but that's true. We we need help. Parents, I don't know if you've been to fast food lately. You probably don't eat a lot of fast food. Well, neither do you. Well, well, my, I'm with my children this, you know, the past three weeks because uh-huh. I sent my son back to college yesterday. Um, still cried, by the way. Uh, guess how much it costs for four of us to go to Potbelly's? Potbelly? Um, hold on. Let me Give me a second here. Let me, uh, $67. $78. Okay. To go to McDonald's for four of us, guess how much? And we didn't get anything. You know, we just got one meal. Well, it was each. at least four. It was at least forty-five bucks. Sixty bucks. I stopped it. You, Mc- you don't understand. Like, people don't understand how. And if you go to the grocery store, I don't know if you do the shopping. Or, of course, or, I do. Uh, how ex- nothing has trickled no, down no. to the grocery. I know they say gas prices are yeah. down, but nothing. Inflation is still high. Who says gas Car prices-, prices are still high? You can't buy a house right now because mortgage prices are so. On my way into this opulent right. studio this morning, I see gas prices are all at three sixty nine. I know what ha- I went yeah. away for two weeks. Right before I left, it was two ninety nine. I always go to right. Easterfield and Arlington Heights mm-hmm. Road. Two nine. I came back now. It's three seventy nine. Yeah. What happened? I I go to uh, I go deep into the heart of the city so I can pay four forty nine. Oh. Do when when you see people gassing up down there, don't you look like what, you you're a bunch of idiots? Yeah, you need to go to Wisconsin <laughs> or Indiana. All right, three one two six four two five six zero zero. Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, but can he keep Republicans in line? Matt Gates, who was the thorn in his side because the fourteenth round. I don't know if you watched it, but uh, during the fourteenth round, uh, he's he was the one holdout. And that's when things got crazy. Did you see the near fisticuffs that I, almost happened? I saw that. The dude from uh, was it Congressman uh, Mike Rogers from Alabama? Uh, you you gonna? You, I need to get home and watch some football, and because if I don't, I'm gonna kick your ass. Well, it looks like he tried to, and yeah. another gentleman grabbed her shirt, like not only shut up, mm. I'm gonna shut you up, and then I'm gonna pull you back because he was lunging right toward Gates. Yeah. It was you know, a I don't bit like of, guys, of course, I, I don't like guys that, I don't like guys at lunch. If you're going to go, go. If hands are going to be thrown, yeah, go. go. Yeah, well, CNN loved it. Yeah. Just to Scott, you said this, this is treachery. This Absolute is treachery. Tre- well, first of all, I'd like to thank all of our viewers for watching CNN's exclusive screening of Snakes on a Plane Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the amount of treachery, mm. not since 1856, when Preston Brooks came to Charles Sumner, have we seen this kind of treachery under the Capitol treachery. Dome. Treachery. Was that on C-SPAN? This and, is crazy. And, and they hadn't passed a rules package. So we couldn't even have the camera angle. This is absolutely mm-hmm. high drama, crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, come to Chicago and watch the news if you want to see treachery and high drama. Well, back Please. in Detroit, when uh, with Bill Bonds, he threatened the mayor of Detroit. What was his name, Mike? Uh, Coleman Young. No, who is the? Yeah, Coleman Young. He threatened him to a fist fight yeah. on TV. Well, I don't know if that's threatening. I think that's just a it's just an offer. <laughs> All right, but back to the matter at hand. What's the first responsibility? What's the first thing Kevin McCarthy is going to do? What everybody wants him to do. But when we come back, our very first bill will repeal the funding for eighty-seven thousand new. Yeah. You see, we believe government should be to help you, not go after you. We're going to pass bills to fix the nation's errant challenges, from wide open southern borders to American last energy policies to woke indoctrination in our schools. I'm excited about our future. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, Matt Gates. He went on to Fox News to explain, you know, was it worth it? Mm. 
And I think what they did was worth it. So is it worth it all going 15 rounds to elect a speaker? Absolutely. We got concessions that really were being rejected as early as Monday when it comes to being able to read legislation 72 hours before its adoption, individual appropriations bills, mm -hmm. and ultimately what we negotiated ensures that we will never again have a circumstance like this omnibus spending legislation because bills will have to comport to a single subject. There will be germanity requirements on amendments and so it's going to be an open process a transparent process i'm thrilled at where the house of representatives is today now we can get back to work on that michelle obama trail in atlanta let's get that done <laughs> did yeah. you see the michelle obama trail i, I looked at oh, it fantastic. doesn't need any restorations four miles long but it and guess what it leads to um, obama elementary school does it? I'm nice. not kidding. yeah wow <laughs> but here's the thing there was one thing that matt gates said that kind of upset a lot of people he said that the speaker's position is a ceremonial position only and he had to explain himself well speaker mccarthy is our speaker and long live the speaker i look forward to working closely with him <laughs> but he did agree to his great credit to democratize power to the membership mm -hmm. oftentimes these committees that decide what bills come to the floor what the spending paradigm is they're controlled just by people loyal to the speaker now what we have is a real representation of all of the different viewpoints within our conference on the rules committee on the appropriations committee we fought hard to get agreements to have conservatives on those committees to have our budget hawks on appropriations and i can't wait to see what we're able to do when we unlock the potential of all of our members going forward so are you a fan of matt gates you know i i am and 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 you know i think we lose sight of 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 you know what's really important at the end of the day right is that nancy pelosi's gone <laughs> <laughs> Praise Jesus. I know. So Kevin McCarthy won with 216 votes over Hakeem Jeffries, who had 211, because the five Republican members voted present. Okay, yeah. And so that, Mary yeah. Miller, she voted for, you know, she changed her mind. 14 people changed their mind. The five that voted present, in case you care, Biggs, Boebert, Crane, Good, Rosendale, and Gates. 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro answer line. You can also reach us all morning long at... 64636, type in DA, then a quick comment. Bob in Buffalo Grove, good morning. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Uh, good morning, Amy. Nice to hear you, Ramble and Ray. Hopefully my cell won't uh, drop this call like it did <laughs> on Friday. Um, with regards to the House, uh, I'm just wondering what investigations will first come to light. Should we investigate Hunter or should we investigate uh, Mayorkas? Uh, with regards to the border, I'm just wondering when um, the investigations are going to start. That's a good question. Which I mean, what, let's do them both at the same time. You know, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting because you know there's there, and and I think this is probably why some of this uh, fight took place because I think there's a whole faction of people that are that they're just like you know what let's not go down this road. Let's just keep it nice and let's do the right. work of the people. And I agree with that, but. Nah, you gotta, you know, the, the, the chicken's gotta come home to roost. Before you see it on TV, share it on Facebook or read about it in the paper. Hear it here first. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM 560. 
the answer. Business owners, now's the time for your business to make the move to a locally owned business bank. Hi, Mike Gallagher here to let you know that you don't have to look far. Signature Bank was founded in Chicago with a simple mission to help companies like yours grow, succeed, and thrive. Their decisions are made locally by a terrific team that knows your name, cares about your business, and invests in your success. That's why Signature Bank is my bank. I'm a customer. As business owners, they knew that local family-owned businesses were not getting the help they needed or deserved. So, I invite you to reach out to my friends at Signature Bank today. Write the number down. Remember this phone number, Signature Bank, 773-467-5630. And learn all about this great bank, 773-467-5630. Or visit them online at SignatureBank.Bank. That's SignatureBank.Bank. Signature Bank makes commercial banking personal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Amy Jacobson, Ray Stevens, and I don't call you Ramblin' Ray anymore. You can call me whatever you want. All right, well. I don't, it just doesn't even matter to me. You can call me Ramblin', you can call me Ray. And we brought Mike, and we're bringing Mike into this conversation because the Illinois State Senate in Springfield did not vote on that historic bill to ban the sale of assault weapons and extended magazine clips. So, Mike, what happened last night? Well, uh, our reporters, uh, Greg Bishop and Kevin Bessler, were on the scene last night in Springfield, and Quite honestly, they have shoved other things in front, like a, a pay hike for not only the uh, uh, General Assembly, but also for all 21 major uh, heads of committees and constitutional officers. That has come before those other two legislative. Uh, I wouldn't put out of the realm of possibility that they may get to them, but when other things get shoved in front, like... For example, Bill Cunningham put forth his uh, wind farm guardrail legislation last uh, last night. Uh, that is coming before and coming out of committee before these other things. So you don't put it past them to run the that legislation uh, last because they want as little as possible debate over that issue and fire over that issue. But other things are coming up quicker than those two major bills. One is a an abortion bill that also that prevents states from backtracking on legal ramifications and this uh, this this anti-second amendment bill that is up in Springfield. And don't well, they have to be done by January 10th? They they were supposed the to be done by January 10th. Yes, the lame duck session ends okay. and then the new general assembly is sworn in on Wednesday, unlike today when constitutional officers are sworn in. All right, thank you Mike. Mm-hmm. And you've, you know, you're a gun owner. That's right. I'm a gun owner too. We don't talk about what weapons we and have. I don't know. That's why people don't yeah. call in because yeah. if you want an assault weapon, do you want people to really know? Well, but you I, can call in using a different name: three one two six four two five six zero zero. But if turnkey depro answer line six four six three six. Type in DA, then a quick comment. If I never assault anybody with it, isn't an assault rifle? Well, what what defines a weapon as an assault rifle? I mean. I don't know. I mean, is is does anybody it, know? Do these lawmakers even know? Was that van used in the Waukesha Parade uh, massacre? Was that is that an assault van? I don't know. I don't know what makes anything an assault. Whatever, either way. Well, moms demanding action were down there again yesterday with you know because 
they think that they know what everyone in right. the state of Illinois wants. Right. We're pretty confident that ultimately the right thing will, will get passed, mostly because, you know, 90% of people in this country are in favor of sensible gun legislation. So the will of the people is really on our side. Is that true? 90% of the people in this country are what reasonable gun legislation? I think 90% of the people that have tea in her kitchen, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, look, we just came through a huge hunting season, whether it was crossbow, bow, shotgun here in Illinois, rifle, anywhere else in the country. Well, there were no mass shootings there. Sensible sportsmen. I mean, there were, and it's it, you know these. I mean, it's so stupid, and it's it's at the it's the it's at the heart of every conversation we have when we talk about this. Is you are taking away the legal gun owners' rights because these guys, you know, in the in the major cities, ours included, right here, mm-hmm. and they're not going to follow laws. If you want, if they were going to follow laws, they'd make murder illegal. And what they wanted to do, I mean, you know, if, if you own an assault rifle, they wanted you to register. Your weapon within 300 days of this being yeah. signed into law. You know, and, and, and the Illinois FOID card, it's unconstitutional. It's well, just four BS. states have FOID yeah. cards. Us, yeah. Hawaii, Massachusetts, and what's the fourth one? Oh, Amy, Amy. I can't remember. You know what comes from Massachusetts, right? What? Mass holes. We <laughs> but, I mean, we have FOID but the FOID card didn't even work. No. This, this whole thing is because yeah. of the Highland Park parade shooting where seven people died. And I am so sorry that that happened. But the onus, I think, lies on the shooter's dad who took him to buy his weapons when he knew that he had threatened family members. And look, the police have been called to that house several times. Everybody who lives in Highland Park knows that family. Mm-hmm. Everybody at Highland Park High School knows that kid, that shooter. And he did not, he should not have ever had access to a weapon. You know, the thing is, and, and, and any... And his dad did it for him anyway. And signed for to, his void card. I don't think we have to quantify it by saying, you know, every shooting's bad and we feel bad for you. But this goes on every single weekend in Chicago, every day, every night. Well, we only, There's I mean, a mass shooting every weekend. I know. And, and, and nobody shots. shows up there because nobody cares about the south side of Chicago. But, man, if it happens in Naperville or somewhere else, well, then it gets national attention. And it's BS. 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro answer line. Let's go to Joe. Who's in his car? Hi, Joe. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Ray. Look, uh, anything you can use uh, in, in an assault would be called an assault weapon. Okay, so technically, these rifles that they're using, as uh, they're characterizing it as an assault weapon, that's a that's a farce. They're not assault weapons. Nothing's fully automatic. Um, the, our, the military doesn't even use these type of weapons. It's, it's just a, it's just a uh, hopped-up 22 caliber hunting rifle with a couple little trinkets on the, you know, bling on the outside of it that makes it look like an assault weapon. It's, you know, and that's a term used by the leftist assault weapon. They're rifles for for sporting and hunting. Okay, so uh, you want to you want to do something. You know, you talk about mass shootings, all that. They just change the name from gangland shootings to mass shootings, okay? So stop the gang crime in the city of Chicago, Cook County, and the outer collar counties, and then you won't see all this stuff, okay? And stop the leftists from doing whatever they want in this country right now. The good American citizens need to stand up to these leftists and, and, and step on them and be done with them. This okay. is a joke. This is terrible. All so, right. Thanks, Joe. And and w- no, w- nobody knows the future of this bill, you know. We don't know. Mike, do you know when Senate's going to reconvene to try and vote on this? Because Pritzker's already to sign it. 
He uh, can't wait. He keeps releasing press releases. Well, there is there's two possible paths for this. It's out of committee in, in the House. It's past the House. It's in the Senate. It's past committee in the Senate. It's it's ready to be voted on by the Senate. There is a there's a regular order for for bills to have to go through. They have to come to the floor. They have to be read for a certain amount of hours before the legislation can actually be voted on, and then they can be voted on. So clock is ticking, and if other legislation is in line before these bills, then the clock may run out. But Pritzker has always had in his mind that if he doesn't get it in the lame duck session, which is easy to do because you can ram it through, he can also get this through the next session of the Illinois General Assembly as well. Since the Democrats have the supermajority in the House and Senate, they can do whatever the heck they want. It will be different. It will not have all the bells and whistles that some... Activist groups would like, according to those down uh, on the rail in Springfield, but it will essentially do the same thing. So they have they have uh, contingencies in place. If it doesn't pass in the lame duck session, they'll run it through the next session of the General Assembly and have it done before May, maybe June. Thank you. Uh, Let's go to Dan in Lake Zurich. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Good morning, guys. I just wanted to make a comment about firearms, and we've got to stop following the left side and calling it a weapon because a firearm is not a weapon until it's used in an assault or a robbery, just like a tennis racket, a skateboard. Until you use it to hurt somebody, it is not a weapon. A firearm's a tool. You go target practicing, you're not using a weapon, you're using a firearm. That's, okay. uh, that's my comment for you this morning. Thanks, Dan. You ever go shooting with your uh, mom or dad, Amy? You ever, you ever been out to a firing range or yeah, shooting range? Yeah, I have. Last time I shot was at uh, Oak, Oak um, oh, my God, Oak Brook. No, God, what am I talking about? River Forest, Oak, uh, Oak Brook Country Club. We went skeet shooting. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm a, But I But last time I went was at uh, it was a shooting range in Des Plaines. My, uh, my, my grandfather and my dad would take me to this uh, uh, gun club in, in Dundee, and we'd, they'd sight in their rifles for deer season, uh-huh. and they'd give me a little 410 or a 22. <laughs> Put me down in a chair and give me a box of ammo and say, oh. "Shoot, shoot at that piece of corn in the water until we get back." And and that's what I did. I mean, I left you. I've with got it. the best memories of, of oh. going in a truck with my dad, and my grandpa, and, and 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 what and that's what guys like Governor Prisker will never understand never. because this guy is just a, you know he is just a, a sissy with soft hands that's never done a hard day's work in his life and he doesn't get the camaraderie or anything that comes with anything that has to do with shooting as a team or sporting clays right. or playing on a team. And it's just a joke because it's all about him. And, uh, you know, and I, I get it. I mean, it probably couldn't have fit him in the truck when they were young, so they probably <laughs> left him at home. Well, I he was probably it. scared of weapons because ah. I used to be afraid of weapons. And then I had a stalker in Tucson, and I that's when I learned how to shoot because when I called police, and I love the Tucson Police Department, but they weren't there right away. Ah. And that guy, they couldn't arrest him on anything. So... <clears throat> you know, and you file a plea an order of protection. It's a freaking piece of paper that's not going to protect you. You just it's had uh, three in the morning when you're going to work by yourself. So I got a 38 special. I legally obtained it and learned how to shoot. Amy and just then had I wasn't her afraid of them. Big green frame glasses on. If you wear <laughs> those, I'd stalk you. You look good in those things. Oh yeah. Oh, should I put it on my Kristen Cinemas? Yeah, those that's are what hot. I call them. You yeah. wore these before. Can I, I a, say that? I have a picture of you wearing my glasses. <laughs> That's hot. One of my one of my prouder moments in broadcasting. <laughs> All right, let's go to Phil in Maryville. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Yeah, I was going to say uh, 
the last study they did, there was 100,000 active gang members in Chicago slash Cook County. I want to know how many of those 100,000 are going to hand in their their handguns, rifles, and extended magazines. I've said it all the time, man. I said when when you you know when when somebody's going to go collect guns, whether it's in the inner city or or if it's out on a farm where they they you know they've got the lathes and the stock and they can make all their own weapons, I hope that it's somebody else's kid and not mine. Of course, if it was my kid, he would just collect the weapons and keep them for himself. <laughs> Exactly. All right, let's go to, I think it's Miro on the northwest side. Did I get that right? Yeah, thank, yeah, thank you. Every time I hear about gun control or gun confiscation, it's always a Democrat. The Democrats are the ones who raise the taxes, over-regulate, and deprive, try to deprive me of my freedom. It's just something people just think about that it's never with the Republican Party that wants to confiscate your weapons, not allow you to protect yourself. It's always the Democrat Party, as if they're scared of a public that's armed. Why don't they just come out and say, it? We, uh, we want to control you, and we don't want you to have the ability to protect yourself. Never trust a politician that will deprive you of your ability to defend yourself. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Miro. Appreciate that. And by the way, New Jersey was the fourth state that has a FOID card. No other state. So well, Illinois, works, yeah. Hawaii, Massachusetts, New Jersey. Well, there's no crime in New Jersey. Oh, no. not at, on that. In Chicago, I mean, I guess, and this is sad, I guess we had a pretty good weekend. 11 shot, one fatally in Chicago. And that's when have we seen numbers like that? And and that's that's with the temperatures being cold. That's still a... That's... Uh, all right, let's go to Mark and Rochelle. Good morning. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Yeah, good morning. I, I just wanted to add to the, like, the Highland Park shooter that I think part of the reason was because he was young when he made those threats that they had that push for I think it was called like second chances for youth so that their record wouldn't reflect some of the crimes they committed so they get a job when they were older or something and it just to me it's like well as soon as, it, as soon as it's anything violent it stays on their record I'm sorry it should it's just, you're right yeah yeah it's like and it's different if they had a, a minor theft or something I don't want that to keep them from, you know, getting a job when they're older and whatnot. But, yeah, as soon as they threaten the other people's lives, it stays on your record. And if you go to try and buy a firearm, it's there, you know, and maybe there there could be a little more to it than that. But I blame that. I believe that's part of the problem they had was they they had trouble even looking up this kid's record when he was young. And it's just I don't know what you think. And maybe you can add to what. Was that legislation? Well, his dad was. signed on, co signed for his Void card, knowing yeah. that he had mental illness issues and that he threatened, thanks, right. Mark, for the phone call, and that he threatened his family members. You know, Not we had, once, but two different times. We have, and they kicked him out of the house and he was living yeah. with the uncle. And, and I know you love your children, but at some point in time, you got to, there's boundaries. <laughs> and parents don't realize that. Yeah, I love all these red flag laws that we have. Oh, yeah. But then, but then if that you didn't try, work. But if you try to use one, then you're profiling somebody. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, what are you, what are you, we're nuts. And, and quickly, so there was this shooting. I don't know if you, you, I have to show you this video during the break. So it's called, it's a Mexican restaurant, you know, it's taqueria, they call it in uh, Houston. And this guy walks in and holds up everybody, takes their cell phone and wallet. 10 people. He went up to 10 customers. He's walking around, pointing the gun, yeah. grabs all the stuff. While he's walking out, an older white gentleman stands up and shoots him and kills him. 
And now it turns out that he had a plastic pistol, that the gunman had a plastic pistol, not a real gun. Yeah. So now they're looking for him to interview him. Um, just an interview. Just an, oh, yeah, sure. The surveillance video, of t- you know, showed what Come happened. Come on in. The, yeah, what, sure. Do you think he should? We just want to talk to you. There's no charges. But that's my biggest fear as a gun owner yeah. is that I'm going to shoot somebody and it's it's a Nerf gun or it's a plastic pistol in, in this end. case. And, and then and, I don't know if this what's going to happen to this But guy. that's the logic of a normal human being is is your logic as somebody that carries or conceal carries is I know where this is going to lead if I have to do this. I don't think anybody starts their day wanting to go out a normal person right. and, and, and defend themselves and take somebody's life. But if it's you or me, guess what, buddy? It's going to be you. Sorry. The more you listen, the more, you listen. The more you'll know. This is Chicago's Morning Answer. Morning Answer on AM560. Business owners, now's the time for your business to make the move to a locally owned business bank. Hi, Mike Gallagher here to let you know that you don't have to look far. Signature Bank was founded in Chicago with a simple mission to help companies like yours grow, succeed, and thrive. Their decisions are made locally by a terrific team that knows your name, cares about your business, and invests in your success. That's why Signature Bank is my bank. I'm a customer. As business owners, they knew that local family-owned businesses were not getting the help they needed or deserved. So, I invite you to reach out to my friends at Signature Bank today. Write the number down. Remember this phone number, Signature Bank, 773-467-5630. And learn all about this great bank, 773-467-5630. Or visit them online at SignatureBank.Bank. That's SignatureBank.Bank. Signature Bank makes commercial banking personal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. I'll just have you know. Yes, oh, hello, good morning. I'll just have you know that I, I put off northern Wisconsin and the UP of Michigan in snowmobile racing because this is the big Eagle River weekend. I'm going up racing after the show today. Yeah. I put it off for three days just so I could see you. Your, your boss called me and he's like, Amy needs you. And I said, I need you and I need you now. Say Isn't no more. Is there a song? Say that? no more. <laughs> I need you now. Ray Stevens in for Dan Prof today. Thank you for coming in. Big, can, big day. You always come in when there's lots of news. Can anybody really fill in for Dan? I mean, really? Well, that's, yeah, that's a good point. He's a big shoes. He's a tall man. All right. President Biden finally went to the border. Well, that was fast. Did anybody? Oh, wait. That's right. He kept reporters at arm's length. Right. Uh, he, are you ready for this? He walked on it. He made an unannounced stop at the border, nice. like the actual wall. Yeah. And then he, he casually walked over and saw some Border Patrol agents take a suitcase out of the trunk and inspect the suitcase. Yeah. Riveting. Okay. He didn't go to the second ward where all these people, and I mean, there is garbage everywhere, right? Now, you're not talking about the second ward in Chicago. No, second ward of El Paso, where uh, all these migrants are camping out, living on the streets outside of this church. There is so much filth. And and one thing, you're going to come to this country. I'm sorry. I I can't stand people who litter. I, I literally, it drives me bonkers. Yeah. And when I lived in El Paso and the Franklin Mountains had just... Somebody had dumped so, so much garbage. And I, I looked out at it every day. I, I, it made me sick. So I put up a sign saying, this Saturday, come and help us. And guess who showed up? Nobody. 
No, everybody from the yeah. Midwest. Yeah. I had, you know, a lot of warrant one and warrant two officers from Fort Bliss were there with their wives and their kids. But it's all Midwestern. I'm like, hey, where are you? thanks for helping out. Where are you from? I'm from Wisconsin. I'm from Indiana. I'm from Iowa. It was all Midwesterns, and we got it cleaned up. You know what I want to do? But, is I, I mean, I just, the garbage thing is, just, we, that's a I do a cleanup every spring in, in the 15th with uh, Lopez in oh, Brighton Park okay. in Inglewood. You're gonna come do that. With I will. Me this year. I will do it, and but I've got the gloves. Two years ago, oh yeah, I know, you I've need, got real. I've got industrial. Yeah. None of this like. No, you COVID need real gloves. gloves. Picking up I've needles and stuff. Gloves. Yeah. Oh yeah, you don't want to get. We stabbed. were there. We were there. The, I'll get a tetanus shot too before. Two years ago, we were there, and we we weren't we weren't cleaning these lots for more than five minutes in a kindergarten or a first grade little girl found a three eighty six sour. Really? Yeah. I said I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank. Oh my god. No, seriously. It was All right. Something. No, keep me in mind for that. All I right. Will. So here's here's Biden's one comment. Okay. That they need a lot of resources, and we're going to get them for them. <laughs> we need a lot. We're going to get them for them. <laughs> I love right. that. The, I love how he gets the right out. I love that the other day when he re- referred to a Ju- uh, 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 January sixth as July. 6th. Oh yeah, 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 that was on Friday. Yeah. I couldn't watch it. Either. Okay, so when he landed in El Paso, Governor Abbott handed him a letter, and basically ratted him out for his failure to endorse federal laws that have created chaos along the border since he took office. The president who caused the chaos of the border needed to be here. It just so happens he's two years at about $20 billion too late. And as Abbott predicted, and as I predicted on the show, Biden saw a sanitized version of what's really going on in El Paso. Urge him in the letter uh, to see the real chaos. 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro, answer line 64636, then type in DA, then a quick comment. Also, Alejandro Mayorkas. Do you like how I said that? Homeland Security, uh, he blames Republicans for the chaos along the border. Because that, that's, that's the go-to. Yeah. That's the new boogeyman. Because yeah. we don't have Trump, mm. and Elon Musk wasn't involved in the border. So, you know, enemy number one is Trump. Enemy number two is my, uh, is Elon Musk. Anyone, enemy number three is the entire Republican Party. You know, we I- want individuals who qualify for relief under our laws to come to the United States in a safe and orderly way. And that is why we are building lawful pathways. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to kick out 30000 a month, but then let in 30000 from Cuba, Nicaragua, um, some other country. If they show if they show that they take a background test or background check, and if they have family that's living in the United States. I, I just, uh, you, you know, it's so, it's so simple that if you just follow... The laws. I mean, we have borders. I mean, we have borders. We have rules. We have laws. I mean, this this country is awesome, and and if you do it the right way, it 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 will provide for you forever. But what what we're trying to do now is is unattainable. And isn't it funny that now after the the uh, the elections uh, that have since passed, that now all of a sudden it's like, well, you know what, maybe. Maybe, just maybe, we'll keep that Title 42 in place. Right. And these borders are a mess because they know that they've got a, they've got a s storm on their hands. They just know. And people yeah, this are is that tenable. And we're, you know, busting at the seams, according to the mayor of oh. New York. They're busting at the seams. We're busting at the seams here in Chicago. And the mayor, Mayor Adams and Mayor Lightfoot, penned a letter to the governor of Colorado. How is he involved in yeah, all this? You must stop busing migrants to Chicago and New York, the letter said. These actions do not live up to the values of the proclaimed welcoming state and should stop immediately. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, wait a second. Because they're busing them to Denver. Then they're busting at the seams. So he's shipping them out. To sanctuary cities and yeah. sanctuary states. Hey, Mayor Lightfoot, you signed up for this. Right. 
And right now she's at odds because, listen to this, this is one of those not-in-my-neighborhood stories. Right. So in Woodlawn, and this is going to happen, by the way, whatever she's saying, there is an empty elementary school, Wadsworth Elementary, Wadworth, excuse me, at 64th and University. And why not? There's showers there from the gym. There's classrooms that could put cots in. You've got a cafeteria. It's an empty building. Why not use it? Well, people people in Woodlawn are like, no, no, we don't want that type here in our neighborhood. I'm very disappointed in this decision that Mayor Lightfoot has made to place these migrants in our community without our permission. These people? Mayor Lightfoot would never pull this type of thing in anyone's neighborhood. She would not drop off a busload of Haitians in Little Village. She would not drop off a busload of black people in Chinatown. (laughs) She would not drop off a busload of black people up north. Never. So it's time for Mayor Lightfoot to understand we will no longer be disrespected by you, ma'am. Please withdraw your decision to put the migrants in our community. And then they went on to say, you know, there's room in Little Village for them. Can you imagine if there was a school on the north side that was predominantly in a white neighborhood and they got up there and said, oh, no, 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 not in our neighborhood. Can't come here. Well, here's their alderman, who uh, Jeanette Taylor, who explains further in detail why they can't have these people in their neighborhood. You don't po- impose things on communities who are already disenfranchised. We're talking about a community where a thousand folks have been displaced since I walked into office. And so you're not honestly thinking about what you're actually doing to them. 312-642-5600, Turkey Depro answer line. Uh, mayor office, the mayor's office responded, you know, the city is continuing to engage, blah, 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 with Luna. At this time, the city has not determined a firm date. Mm. On when this space will open for shelter. So this is going to happen. The people will not need to realize that, that this is going to happen. And if they, you know, they should be law abiding citizens who are, you know, the people that they interview coming off the buses are very appreciative to be here. Mm -hmm. And if they break the law, then they will hopefully, you know, pay for it. Right. See, see, here's the thing. And and I love this. They say Colorado and Denver, you see, they're better equipped to do this because they deal with this more than we do. So it has the services and it provides uh, better than than Chicago can. But you know, see we're like you said earlier, we're a sanctuary city yeah. until these people is, these is people. And those aren't my words, those are the words from the clip we just played. You, you know, it's we are just nothing more than virtue signaling. It's like the, these little signs we see on the back of the NFL play NFL player helmets, mm-hmm. stop hate. Really what does that do? What does being a welcoming city do? It's just a bunch of crap. Or the back of the University of Iowa basketball players' shirts that say equity. Yeah, equity. Hashtag equity. Yeah. Every, we all have equity. Yeah. It's ridiculous. All right, Frank in Arlington Heights, you are on Chicago's Morning Answer. Good morning, Frank. Hey, good morning. Yeah, sounds like Lightfoot might lose. Yeah. So um, economic cataclysm, that's the only thing that's going to change all this virtue signaling. But uh, my comment to you was on the songs that you were talking about, uh, the little love fest you're having there. Um, more than words can say that was by alias I think that came out in 1990 okay and that the, the lead singer in that band i forget his name he was from sheriff which what had which i think was one of the top two or three songs in all the 1980s 
which was um, "When I'm With You" by uh, Sheriff. That was a great. That was a great song. Oh, Sheriff! Uh, yeah. yeah, listening to ninety-seven point one Drive. Hey, that was, that Frank, are you going back that... to school today? Is today oh, yeah. your first day back. How are you feeling? Yeah. Good. Excited. Good. Did you take your COVID yeah. test so that you don't hurt the community? No, we don't have to do that. We're oh. good wow. for now. All so. right. Thanks, do you, know, do you remember when? Do you, do you know remember Frank? when B ninety six? Do you remember when B ninety six was a good station? Oh, I love a that. long Eddie, time Eddie ago, Bojo. Frank. They, I, I, that was the first thing the liberals destroyed was yeah. our radio stations that I kind of recall back in like nineteen ninety ninety one. I'm like, what the hell happened to these radio yeah. stations? Okay, wait, wait, wait. How did liberals destroy B ninety six? I I don't know. Just just the whole culture. I mean, I was it. You know, just the, the whole. I mean, that was the first thing that kind of went. I mean, you know, sports has changed. Oh yeah. Radio stations, music, movies, you know, the attack on Christmas. I mean, the whole culture war for me at least. When I was growing up, the first thing that really got destroyed was the good radio stations. I remember when I was a little kid in the 80s, you could listen to Q101, you could listen to B96, Z95, I think it was, all playing good music. Then all of a sudden, a couple of them changed, and they were just horrifying music, stuff that I wouldn't listen to. Not the good 80s pop stuff, songs like Alias and, and or More Than Words and When I'm With You by Sheriff and... Okay. Madonna, okay, Huey Lewis. Lewis. Just, just to be loves clear, that sheriff song. Just to be clear, right, Todd Cavanaugh, Todd Cavanaugh, Room B ninety six. That's just a fact. Okay. And if you want to listen to woke music, I, I agree with him on on the music point because you look at what's gone on with with country music. It's unbelievable. The number oh. one song in country radio this week is by a guy named Jelly Roll. Jelly Roll. And it's and it's a it's a it's a bad knockoff on like a Matchbox Twenty or a Chad Kroger song. Called I only t- it's, it's I only talk to God when I need a favor and this guy's all t- his face is all tatted up he's got you know all the the nose rings and stuff if I saw this Just, guy I don't want to be that guy but if I saw this guy coming down the sidewalk I might have to go to the other side of the street his name's Jelly Roll and I think his album does he wear cowboy boots or a cowboy uh, hat, anything I don't know much about this guy his album's called Son of a Sinner. And uh, I, I thought, well, if we can have a hit with a guy like Jelly Roll, maybe I put together a new band called Entimates. I don't know. But <laughs> all right, thanks, well, I Frank. Think I think I'm going to play. I think I'm going to play. Get on my playlist, Alias and Sheriff on the way in. Okay, nonstop. You guys inspired me. All Take right. care, buddy. Thanks. We have to get those uh, songs. We we have a lot of work now for Justin to do. <laughs> you've given him Jelly Roll. You've yeah. given him Sheriff. Oh no, these guys played. Uh, Justin played Jelly Roll for me. I think when I was sitting in here uh, when you guys. Oh were, really? When you guys were off. In so your he's been on the retreats. number one hits for. Yeah, he's been, he's been on number one on the yeah. charts for a while. Well, it's, it it takes. I think it takes about thirty two weeks for for a rate for a record to be a number one, and so it takes forever. But yeah, this. Okay, here, do yourself a favor. Uh, get on the Google box, even if you're driving, and look up Jelly Roll. You guys, you will not be disappointed in how I describe this guy. Okay, Ray. There's only one radio show in Chicago talking about today's biggest stories and telling you what they really mean. That show is this one. Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Jelly Roll? Yeah, Jelly Roll. Smash it or trash it, it's Amy J and Ray Ray here on IND playing the hits and the bits. Well, when I grew up, I actually listened to WIND. It was this and WLS, 890. Oh, we don't say those words. But no, because we were were the rock and roll stations. Right. Oh, yeah. It was IND. You're not that old. Oh, I like, I'm that old. What about that? WIND, IND, IND. 560. WIND.
That's you know that's when America was strong. Oh. You know when you only had AM radio and, and not used every the bunny rabbit ears. Yeah, to not everybody had in. a platform. And you know why? You know why it was great then because not everybody should have a platform. Social media is ruining our lives. And I, I, amen, brother. Everybody is in their phone. Huh. Everybody, and they're talking to their friends that are sitting next to them through their phone. Uh, every, you so know, put your phone down and talk to each other. Some some moron some radio station the other day was talking about how many people are in your group chat. I'm like, I don't need a group, group chat. chat. Yeah. Are you kidding me? What am I, what am I, 10? If Justin wasn't here, I wouldn't know how to do anything <laughs> on this phone. Remember when I came up to you, I'm like, what's an op? You mean an app? Yeah. <laughs> that Justin guy, when I filled in for you and Dan, uh, uh-huh. he helped me get my va-va-boom back. Oh, did he yeah. really? Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> oh, so you're taking yeah. balance. Did you take my balance? That's how they pay the- me here. In the, oh, yeah. they pay you I get, with my balance of nature? I, get, I got uh, slippers from uh, Mike Lindell and balance of nature, and I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> All right, today is the day. Hey, you and I, look what I got here. Nice. Two tickets for you and I to go to the inauguration. The swearing-in ceremony for Governor J.B. Pritzker. What kind of tone do you think he's going to take today? 312-642-5600. Turnkey.pro, answer line 64636. Type in DA, then a quick comment. Because Governor Newsom... He was sworn in for a second time. No, actually, now it's a third time, right? Because he had that special runoff election. And uh, he was anything but gracious. He was a bit of a, can I say the word? Well, here he is. They're promoting grievance and victimhood in an attempt to erase so much of the progress you and I have witnessed in our lifetimes. You know, in our finest hours, California has, has been, well, freedom's force multiplier. Protecting liberty from a rising tide of oppression, taking root in state houses, weaknesses, masquerading as strength, small men in big offices. Uh, I mean, he, he is just repugnant. The battle lines, they're drawn. And, and I'll say it once again, it is time for choosing. So he's ripping on Governor DeSantis mm-hmm. in the first comment about freedoms. And I think that he's upset because, wow, looky here, 300 and 34,000 people moved out of California, including his in-laws. Yeah. And his in-laws moved to Florida. You know, it's... Free it, Florida. It, it's ridiculous. I mean, that's a lot of people. 104,000 people or 141,000 in Illinois. Where'd you get that number? Uh, from Governor DeSantis's office. Oh, because I was, I was told it was 104 to 105 that left last year. But still, it's a big number. And and people are leaving, and there's a reason. And 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 they're, you know, if you drive down I-65 and you get to Louisville or you get to Nashville, you will not believe the uh, change to the building skylines because people are just in, you know, they're oh, invading it. Right. And they, all the people I ask that are out in in uh, in Montana or Kentucky or Tennessee is don't bring your voting ways with you. We'll we'll take you. I know. Just don't bring your don't crap California, ways with my you. Utah, yeah. and then right. they sign don't California, my Arizona. Yeah which that's already taken place. Um, so here's Governor Newsom, because he had to bring up, you know, uh, the second anniversary of July 6th because his inauguration was Friday, January 6th. January 6th. I'm sorry, I just yeah, had a Biden. You're losing it, Biden. <laughs> the ugliness that overflowed on January 6th, 2021, we know this, was in fact decades in the making. Four men and by people have a very different vision of America's future. Very different. Red state politicians and the media empire behind them selling regression as progress, oppression as freedom. And as we all know too well, there's nothing original about their demagoguery. And if you watched his, his hand gestures, yeah. I mean, he, it was repugnant. Yeah. But don't forget, remember 
when all those people were moving out during COVID, he aired a commercial in Florida that aired in Florida. Right, right. Here it is. This is great. Just, just to remind you people of what this man is capable of. It's Independence Day. So let's talk about what's going on in America. Freedom is under attack in your state. Your Republican leaders, they're banning books, making it harder to vote, restricting <laughs> speech in classrooms, even criminalizing women and doctors. I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight or join us in California. But we still believe in freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to choose, freedom from hate, and the freedom to love. Don't let them take your freedom. Paid for by Newsom for California Governor 2022. I mean, what a pompous piece of you-know-what yeah. to even air. Please, I would love to see a debate or a town hall between DeSantis and Newsom because it looks like Biden might run again. If Biden doesn't, Newsom's definitely in. But can you imagine that debate? Oh, you know it what? Would, DeSantis would destroy him. I think. I think people, especially you know, and and I, I like the Donnie, but I think people highly still underestimate Governor DeSantis. He has everything optically that both sides and and your fringe can come over and say, "All right, that's my guy right there." He's, he has it all in his in his court. His inauguration speech compared to DeSantis's. DeSantis is like, this is what we accomplished. We're a free state. This is what we're going to be doing in the future. Right. Where Newsom was angry, angry. And I think that that's what we're going to see today with Governor Pritzker. He's going to rip on President, or former President Trump. He's going to rip on Republicans. It's not going to be an inclusive. Because I'm going to watch just to see what he says. And I then, thought we were going to go. Oh, that's right. Because I have two tickets here. Oh, we, we guess what we enter. Would they let you in there? In the I mean, the governor blue. hates you. It's fine. We enter uh, the seating in the baby blue section. Okay, that's what it says on our okay. tickets here. Nice. So doors open at nine thirty. At eleven thirty, the event starts, and then afterwards we can go to the Illinois State Fairground for the inauguration celebration. And that's where Dan is this morning, right? right Getting ready, right? Getting ready yeah. to do the show, and, and you know, so you get yeah. <laughs> why? Why is and Mayor Dan Lightfoot? By the way, Mayor Lightfoot. She's invited. Dan Proft is at the inauguration for Governor Pritzker. Why? No, he's not. But, yeah, Mayor Lightfoot's going to be attending the swearing-in and uh, probably begging for his endorsement, don't you think? Talking about her mom and how much her mom influenced her career. I want to know when the Lightfoot uh, campaign commercial comes out talking about her big unit. Oh, <laughs> all right. Coming up on Chicago's Morning Answer, some people should just not open their mouths. We'll explain. But now into the newsroom we go. Here is Mike Scott. The estimated number, Amy, uh, by Illinois policy uh, is 104,437 Illinois residents, but that's only an estimate based on census numbers. The final numbers are not anywhere close to being. Yeah, DeSantis office put out 1,041,656. That seems like a high number, but it seems closer to 100. Maybe they know something. I mean, I know three people, even Dan, who used to come in every day. He's in Florida. I'm going to Wisconsin today, so count me in. Okay. (laughs) Had another okay. one. <laughs> 104,438, according to Ray. There's only one radio show in Chicago talking about today's biggest stories and telling you what they really mean. That show is this one. Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Amy Jacobson here. Ramblin' Ray, Ray Stevens, in for Dan Prof today. Thanks for coming in. If you're in West Chicago, you can just call me Stasekel, my real What's, name. Okay. Yeah. How'd you get your name Ramblin' Ray, by the way? Uh, there was Somebody a tra- had just texted into the show and asked. There was a uh, traffic guy by the name of Joe Collins, and I was working on a, a morning show it's in, doing suburban radio here, and I was the goof-around guy, and there was a big snowstorm, and I went out to a job site, and, and I... 
somebody working construction that they wouldn't sawzall a porta potty in half and use it as a toboggan. So they did. They they sawed a porta potty in half and they what? yeah. And, and we're just doing all this stupid stuff, wreaking havoc on the suburbs. And uh, the traffic guy, Joe Collins, said, "Man, that guy gets around. He's just a rambling guy." And boom, it stuck. Oh, and that yeah. it stuck. All right. Well, thanks for being here, and thanks for filling in during Christmas. The oh, you're Christmas welcome. Break. I have nothing else to do. Oh. You know, I'm a foster filling. <laughs> Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I'm a foster villain. You go you know, for, station to station. It's how my 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 broad. I, I thought while I was driving in here, this is how my broadcast career started, and this is how it's going to end. <laughs> Stop it! All right. Well, we're glad that you're here, and Thank I you. know that you've been watching The Crown because you have to. Yeah, my my girl. Um, you follow me on social media. I'm telling you, guys, you will not be disappointed when you see my beautiful girlfriend, and she makes me watch all this drivel. Although she is, trust me when I tell you, you guys would love her. She's hardcore right. I call her Little Laura Ingram. Um, so Little Laura makes me watch Emily in Paris. And okay, then, I haven't watched that yet. Then we have to watch The Crown. And I'm like, you know how this ends, right? I go, you... Hey, shh, don't tell people. You know how... No, I think we know how it ends. Yes. Well, there's a beginning now with... Harry and Meghan, they did this Netflix series. Have you been forced to watch that? She's watched it, and she's become very uh, uh, sympathetic to those two. See, I've become the opposite. Mm-hmm. I've become unsympathetic to those two because I feel like they're they're too privileged they're too they're they're whining constantly in every episode it's whining yes they've had threats I get that but now Harry's coming out with this new book that was accidentally released in Spain uh, last week so people know what it is and he's making the rounds on TV and last night speaking with uh, Anderson Cooper on um, 60 Minutes and uh, first he talked about Camilla he and his brother really did not like Camilla. She was the villain. She was the third person in the marriage. She needed to rehabilitate her image. You and your brother both directly asked your dad not to marry Camilla. Yes. Why? Because she's gross. We didn't think it was necessary. <laughs> we thought that it was going to cause more harm than good. And that if he was now with his person that surely that's enough. Why go that far when you don't necessarily need to? We wanted him to be happy, and we saw how happy he was with her. So at the time, it was okay. You wrote that she started a campaign in the British press to pave the way for a marriage, and you wrote, I even wanted Camilla to be happy. Maybe she'd be less dangerous if she was happy. Mm -hmm. How was she dangerous? Because of the need for her to rehabilitate her image. That made her dangerous? That made her dangerous because of the connections that she was forging within the British press. And there was open willingness on both sides to trade of information. And with a family built on hierarchy, and with her on the way to being Queen Consort, there was going to be people or bodies left in the street because of that. And then he also, this is the sad part, he he kept thinking when he was a kid, because he was 12 years old when his mom died, he thought that she was still alive. You, you didn't believe she was dead. For a long, for a long time, I just refused to accept that she was she was gone. Um, part of you know she would never do this to us, but also part of maybe this is all part of a plan. I mean, you, you really believe that maybe she had just decided to disappear for a time, for a time, and then that she would call us and we would go and join her. How long did you believe that? Years, many, many years. And William and I talked about it as well. He had um, he had similar thoughts. You write in the book. You say. I'd often say it to myself first thing in the morning, maybe this is the day. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the day that she's going to mm-hmm. reappear. Yeah, hope. 
I had huge amounts of hope. He held on to With more on this, let's welcome back to the program Dominic Green. He's a columnist for the Washington Examiner, contributor to the Wall Street Journal, and fellow at the Royal Historical Society. And he has a recent column out with the uh, New York Post titled, Prince Harry wrote a bitter revenge memoir, but he's only stabbed himself. Good morning, Dominic. How are you? Hello, Amy. Hello, Ray. I'm very good, thanks. All right. So did you get through the book in Spanish yet? Uh, well, my Spanish is not that good, but I was uh, given a secret smuggled copy of a partial English translation because all the papers sent uh, people over to Spain to get copies as soon as the news broke. And so um, I've been working from that. And uh, my immediate response was, why on earth is he doing this? Um, it, it's completely crazy uh, to put the, the, the worst aspects of yourself on public display. Uh, and, and this seems to be what's happened in the book. Um, and it's obviously what happened last night in the broadcast. Uh, and it's what happened as well in the Netflix series. It seems to be uh, just a sort of downward slide of, of embarrassing revelations. And the more uh, we know about Harry, uh, the less most people seem to like him. Well, do you think his wife is forcing him to do this? Because I knew as soon as they announced their engagement, I knew that they were going to be moving back to California. <laughs> I just knew that she would yeah. take him out of his environment, create some drama, and then, you know, force him to, you know, it's either me or, or the life that you once had here. I think that it's becoming clear that they are very compatible in, this, in that um, he really feels on some level, as he admits it, that he should have been born first. That all the freebies that uh, you get if you're the heir should be uh, yours if you're the spare. But it doesn't work like that. I mean, that's the nature of the business. And so we have this spectacle of this 38-year-old man-child uh, complaining that he was born in the wrong order and therefore doesn't have huge privilege as opposed to um, massive privilege. Because let's face it, it, you're not going to win people's sympathy when you say, my part of the suite at Balmoral Castle was smaller than his. <laughs> or no, no one minded which private jet I flew in. Really, which is the, some of the complaints on that level, which suggest a, a real lack of perspective. And, and the thing is, people do often denounce their parents as teenagers, perhaps, and, and they do it to their friends. They don't do it as fully grown adults, married with children, to the world's media. And, and yes, I think um, Megan encourages it and benefits hugely from it. But he has dug his own grave with this and he is still digging himself in deeper and deeper. I mean, tonight he's going to be on Stephen Colbert. Dear Lord, don't prostitute yourself out like that. I mean, <laughs> well, that's not going to be scripted either. Uh, and, and no one has ever suggested that, that he was uh, too clever. Uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's not very good on his feet. Uh, and if you, you watch where he's talking in these interviews, this is the edited highlights we're seeing. And these are often pre-approved questions and so on. What he'll say uh, when he goes rogue and has to improvise, who mm. knows? One of the things that comes across very clearly is that he, he is a damaged person. He suffered the most terrible loss in full public view mm. at a very young age. And, and I think he has a point when he says that he didn't receive you know, the support that might have helped him deal with it, or at least acknowledge that, that Diana was gone, which he seems to have struggled to admit. Um, it's very true. And in England, in, in that time, nobody, you know, went to therapy and so on. So um, he's got a point when, when he says that, because he probably was not cared for as well as he could have been. On the other hand, there's no doubt, and he admits this too, that, that Charles, in his limited, you know, repressed way, did his best. 
So, you know, again, this is all, this is an ordinary tragedy in some way. These things do happen to millions of people, and and these sadnesses and disappointments and sufferings that come with it are part of it. It's the temptation to magically create a new life for yourself by inventing a story for the media that is consuming Harry. And I think, as I said, I think he has a very strong drive to do this because he is, after all, Diana's son. Our guest is Dominic Green. He is uh, with the Washington Examiner with uh, Dan and Amy. I have to ask you, is there? can you draw a comparison to maybe the way um, Prince Harry acts and the way Prince Charles acted? Because there was, it certainly seems that, that it, it, you know, Prince, Prince Charles, you know, he wasn't moving up quick enough. There's some thought to the process that he, you know, he was, he was tired of being, uh, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting. And now Harry seems to be kind of of the same mind. Is there any kind of a comparison you can make between the two of them in that re- regard? I think that's exactly it. I mean, speaking of somebody who has extended his adolescence by several decades, uh, I can understand the appeal of it and I can understand the frustrations of it. But, um, in, you know, again, a few hundred years ago, the turnover was much faster. Um, you know, people, monarchs led armies in battle. They drank bad water. They got basic diseases and they died and they yep. didn't last very long. We have a situation now where, you know, the, the, the late queen was well into her 90s. Charles is extremely, you know, diet conscious and careful and is determined also to make similar old bones. So it's possible that uh, William, who, who's now 40-ish, um, won't be uh, king himself until he's, he's approaching 70. And his child, in turn, will be you know, into his 50s or something by the time he's looking at it. So, yes, it's, it's because we live for long and because the royals are treated like uh, show ponies, um, you know, and, and fed on all the best stuff, that uh, they do live a very, very long time. And so this frustration, which is built into the system, becomes you know, unnaturally extended and intolerable, especially if you're the spare. And then if you're in Harry's position at one point, your second in line, third in line, and then suddenly your brother has children. He's now down to fifth or sixth right. or something. He's out. And he will keep sliding down the rankings. Right. So there was one part of the book, and I, like, sometimes people need to keep their mouth shut. I, I, there was a part of the book where he talks about he got into a physical altercation with his brother, William. And I don't know if you've read that part, but there's an excerpt yes. saying that yes. William called Megan difficult, rude, and abrasive, which Harry calls, you know... I don't know what happened. Something happened. Then there was a conference confrontation. Harry writes until William grabbed me by the collar, ripped my necklace and knocked me to the floor. Do you actually think that that happened? Uh, yeah, I believe it. I, I just want to say for the record that when my brother and I brawled, neither of us was wearing a necklace and uh, <laughs> yeah. neither of us ended up on our backs on the kitchen floor in the dog food. Because he says that, you know, he fell on the dog bowl. Uh-huh. Obviously, the dog bowl is presumably some piece of rare china. It's not like a metal dog bowl, right? Uh, he falls <laughs> on the dog bowl and is, 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 uh-huh. is sort of wounded by it. He's injured in the back. By, I, I, he, the, the dog food doesn't break his fall. Uh-huh. And he gets like a scrape through his shirt. And, and he doesn't say anything. And then Megan notices it and he confesses that, yes, I was, I was beaten up by William. And of course, most people will sympathize with William in this situation, uh, especially because the actual story, the full story is that William asks Harry to for a meeting to discuss this. And Harry sulks and doesn't respond. So William has to go around the corner from his palace to Harry's 
and and then they have this fight. So everyone will recognize this kind of scenario when you're dealing with someone who's being passive aggressive and has got a nightmare spouse on the way. And 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 unfortunately, again, it's a royal family. It's a big business. It's the national interest. So you've got to say things like, are you sure this is wise? Why not take it slower? And that, of course, is a red rag to the bull. And, and Harry's short-tempered, and Farley William is as well, and on we go. But would you put it in a book? I mean, <sighs> probably not, would you? And then also, too, they said that the, he talked, Kate and William talked him into wearing that Nazi costume. Remember that in 2005? Yeah. Where, what, well, I I mean, why would he even thing. think that that's an appropriate <laughs> costume to wear? What's wrong with him? Well, in the so yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Who would do that? And the answer is an idiot. And yes, they probably thought, ha ha, very funny, but they didn't tell him, now make yourself a Nazi armband, because he actually made himself one as well. He really put some effort into Ugh. the project. I'd love so, I'd love um, to see these two kids know. fighting. This would be great. They actually, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, well, siblings do fight, yeah, though. I know, I mean, but these two, I could just see them, like, swatting at each other, you know, <laughs> I know, it slapping. sounds like William grabbed him yeah. and was like, Ugh. Yeah, no. Uh, I think the right way to do it is, is a tournament. Yeah, you know, put them in a cage. Go. Put them in a cage. Yeah. Two come in, one yeah. leaves. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Fight Dominic to the Green, death. we're going to have to leave it there for today. But thank you so much, always, for coming on the show. And you could read his article at the New York Post. And he's also a columnist for the Washington Examiner, Examiner and contributor to the Wall Street Journal. Thank you, Dominic, for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, because we know that this interview would not happen if Dan Proft were here. <laughs> and Dominic joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Connect with Dan and Amy on the AM560 The Answer mobile app. Just text the word app to 64636 to download the app today. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560 The Answer. Unbelievable. A bombshell of a story, and I don't say that often, was delivered on Friday. Friday morning in the wee hours, and thank goodness for Chicago City Wire. Uh, it was a ghastly report about Chicago public school teachers and their vendors and substitute teachers, but close to 600 adult on student misconduct allegations filed in the year 2021 22. Did the Tribune cover it? No. Did the Sun-Times cover it, Ray Stevens? No. Did you hear about it? Now you, you, you uh, local media, did Channel 9, 5, said, did no. anybody cover it? Radio except, silence. Except us here at AM560, The Answer. It reads like a horror novel. Um, <sighs> These are children. A CPS employee asked a fourth grade student why her lips were chapped. And then stated that the student's lips were chapped because she was blanking blank. Something very inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Another asked a young student to recruit another student for a threesome and told her that he loved her, repeatedly attempted to kiss her, asked her to make out with him, commented on the student's hickey, and described himself to the student as well hung. <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't you dare laugh, Ray. Not funny. Where, where have we... Where have we gone in this freaking world of ours? But man? instead of focusing on this, yeah. or I'm getting information yeah. because all of these teachers, there's 600, and they found that, you know, half were legit. 16 criminal charges have been filed. Where does this get covered no, but, up? But, but here's the thing. Even with the 16, where where are their names? What schools do they yeah. go to? I'm, I'm talking as a CPS parent Mom, right yeah. now. I want to know. 
Is it a gym teacher took, uh, oh boy, one gym teacher exchanged 4,000 text, 4,000 text messages with a f- female student, including 400 in one day. In them, the teacher told the student he was bisexual and that he was in an open marriage and attracted to other people. The same teacher asked another student to show him her underwear. And while they're talking in his office, asked if she wanted to take her clothes off. Did you? Okay, who who did, are did these you? people and where do they work? It's But instead, guess what I got emails on? Today's the first day of school. Yeah. You better get your COVID test. Wear your mask. To, for yeah. the better good of society, if you care about your community, I give you have props. your son tested before he goes back to school today. Well, plump, dumb, dumb, dumb. I forgot. I get, and he's going to be there in 45 minutes. I Gosh, you, should I hold him back? I give you props on sending your kid to CPS because I would never, ever do that. Well, ever. I love their school. I, I do. And I love it so much. I work there, too. Mm-hmm. I know. Which is another yeah. thing. That's a, whole, that's a whole other thing. But I love their teachers. I love the security guards. I know that those security guards would take a bullet for my yeah. children. And not my children. Everybody in that school. When you were in school, was there any rumblings of anything that was inappropriate between students and and or students and teachers at all? I mean, well, you always had that one creepy teacher. Yeah. Didn't well, you? I, I, I mean, I, don't you? Yeah, you had no, that I had one? more than one, yeah. I mean, I knew stuff was going on. I mean, I'd go to I'd and I'd go to high school parties, and the, sometimes the teachers would be there. Oh, I I well, we didn't have that problem. Yeah, but that, I'm like, dude, really? I'm like, one of my teachers, one, you know, and I'm I'm not going to. What mention. was the drinking age eighteen back then? It, it was, for us, it was fourteen. <laughs> but I'm I'm thinking, I, you know, I'm trying to ask this girl to homecoming, but I can't go with her because she's hanging out with the health teacher. I know. It's it, I mean, I, I, but this is this is next level stuff. This is disgusting. And, I mean, and, it, as parents, we should have a right to know. I'm telling you, you know what? Get involved. Go to your school board meetings. Find out what's going on in your district. Or call your school and say, hey, did any of this happen? I mean, I know there's tens of thousands of teachers, but 600 inappropriate allegations, and some are so gross. One CPS teacher had sex with a student, this is a middle school, in her bedroom. Now, how does... How do you, how does that happen? How do you skate by with that? That a CPS teacher ends up in your daughter's bedroom having sex. Well, it's the degradation of the family unit. Nobody's home. Nobody knows what's going on. I mean, people, and then I put this out on Twitter, and it's, you know, it was CTU involved in this cover-up. How long has it been going on? Well, it had to be almost. CTU lobbying, you know, to get chicago police out of schools how does it if chicago quiet? police were in schools would this not would this have happened uh with more on this let's uh, welcome back to the program frank mccormick teacher historian writer of chalkboardheresy.com he was in the waukegan public schools and he was a whistleblower and now he's out of a job mm-hmm. good morning frank how are you Hey, thanks for having me back on. So before we get um, into this story, just tell the backstory of you becoming a whistleblower and what happened. Sure. I, um, about summer of 2021, began just writing about my kind of experiences in uh, the public education system. And, and back then I was particularly focused kind of on the um, ideological agendas I saw were being pushed in our schools and eventually kind of uh, got into a pretty heated public uh, battle with my school district over uh, what was going on and, and um, 
you know, how I, how I felt about it and how the response was. And um, now I'm out of it though. Uh, and, you know, kind of, uh, I'm involved with, uh, I'm leading a group called Parents Care in Lake Forest. And we're kind of focusing on increasing transparency and accountability in our school districts. And, you know, on Twitter, I maintain kind of a presence on there. And this was one of the stories I, you know, saw it pop up and I shared a link about it and it got, you know, half a million views in 24 hours. And uh, I think a lot of people were feeling the same as, as we are, like, why is this not being reported? I mean, uh, and what is going on in our public schools? And, um, yeah, it's been, it's yeah, been pretty shocking. if this happened in Catholic schools, this would be headline news. This would be in the A block oh, sure. on every single TV station. But since it's Chicago Post School, schools are we trying to help the mayor here because there's an election next month or are we ctu because for some reason i even asked my neighbors like did, did you know about this i was at church i'm like does you guys do you know about this they're like no that can't be true no give me that no no and they're reading this you know horror novel and nobody nobody pipes up what, what are they afraid of why do the unions have more power than parents I mean, it's a good question. I think it's part of this overall larger culture of um, adults really just protecting their own interests, protecting a system that gives them a paycheck. And that's what I kind of observed during my time in public education is that really the, the kind of first goal of everyone in these systems is to protect the system that feeds them. Um, and so... You know, even there were there were teachers I was talking to about this, and they're saying, "Yeah, but well, it's not higher than, you know, other percentages and in other uh, industries." I'm like, "What? Like that's your that's your response to this?" And they're like, "Well, you know, and we don't know if all of them were, you know, how many of them can you really believe?" And I'm like, "This is, you know, the the attempts to minimize it, and this is coming from a profession, by the way, that is is so." socially liberal and and so on the the social justice strain with other things i mean like like you said if this was you know the catholic church or um Any. you look at how you know i i was thinking how teachers respond you know there's there's an incident there's one incident involving a police shooting and the next day they're all in their classrooms talking about it because we need to talk about this with our students and help them process it you know we need to make this an issue how many teachers do you think we're talking about this with their students in class yeah zero None. Big none. Uh, one, no, the o- yeah, here's the case. The OAG found that a CPS junior ROT staff member had sex with a female CPS high school student over the course of a year. He provided her with alcohol and asked her to buy marijuana for her and fellow students. An investigation revealed hundreds of text messages and calls between the staff member and the student, including overtly sexual ones. Quote, I'm ready to blank right now, and I'm not going to be gentle either. The staff member texted to the high school student. He later threatened to kill the student and her family if she disclosed the relationship to investigators. So uh, who, 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 who is this monster? Why don't we have his name and why don't we know where he works? Well, even when you do, we had, um, there was a teacher at our school at Waukegan Public Schools, and everyone knew that he was weird around girls. People had reported it. It was ignored. Oh, we talked to him. He's working on it. And when when it finally broke the news and there were like 50, 60 students that came forward, the union tried to get him his job back. What? Unapologetically. 
we had about, you know, I think there was, you know, about 50, 60 female students because he was a um, track coach. They came forward. They told, you know, long history. I know who you're Teachers came forward. And, mm-hmm. yep, you know what I'm talking about. And the union, and I remember being in, in, in the room as um, union vice president at the time. He said, well, this isn't what you think. I'm like, oh. So I said, so, you know, you're just going to, he's going to come back here. Well, it's, you know, there's a lot more to the story. And, and where is he now? They, I, I don't know. He he was actually involved at, um, he was in the education department at like his uh, local temple. Um, so I, you know, I, I think a lot of times these people gravitate towards these positions where they have access to children. And, you know, that needs to be part of the conversation too, because, you know, you, you, you do bring in into education a lot of people with really good intentions. And I think um, you also attract people that see it as an opportunity. But how does this stay and, quiet? I mean, in the day and age of social media and every channel we have to get people out there and, and with kids not being, I mean, CPS kids especially, not being shy against this kind of thing, how does this get swept under the rug? It's amazing. I mean, I think I ask myself this a lot with, with, you know, you find this with every issue in public education. It's like we've kind of acquiesced to just expect this. You know, people are just no one's surprised anymore. It's it's and, and it gets away with that. And I think it's, you know, I don't know. I was I was asking myself if this isn't an indictment of, of the system and if this isn't enough to wake people up. I mean, we're in trouble. And somebody texted because, in. They should wear body cameras all day. And have four different oversight agencies critiquing and recommending discipline. They should, because I, yeah. I, I, I'll tell you a story. So the OIG, which is investigating these cases of grooming, text sex over, you know, overly sexual text messages, the same OIG was investigating our show because some leftist who doesn't even go to, doesn't even live in Chicago, doesn't even send her kids to Chicago public schools, Listen to our show, and Ray, you were filling in. Oh, one great! Day about, I'm sorry, filling in. I'm like getting targeted. Um, about what was going on at the Downers Grove Library, right? The dancing, the the, 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 the big, drag queen, drag queen bingo. bingo. Yeah. So we played sound bites from pro parents. We covered the story. Mm-hmm. We played the audio from the librarian. We played the audio from parents who were sending their kids to it, and we had on people call in that were against it. And this woman. And never ever going to say her name because that's what she wants. Called and said that we are inciting violence against children. So the OIG listened to hours of our program and determined that we were not inciting violence against <laughs> children because I would never yeah. do that right. ever in a million years. Parents, if they want to send their kids to that, that is their parental choice. Would I send my kids to that? No. No, but we would no. never say anything or never do anything to hurt children. At least I wouldn't. I know you wouldn't. I know John Anthony wouldn't. But that's like she's taking time away from real abuse um, yeah. that is happening. Real abuse in the in, in some instances in, in cars where they are taking kids to Broadway musicals in Chicago. And in one case, they, this middle school teacher had sex with her in the bedroom. And that's so sad that the left is that deranged that if we don't go agree with what they say, that they're going to target you and then even take away from real, you know, real issues and real things things that are happening in our society. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable to me. Yeah. It's, it seems to be part of this larger trend um, that is kind of using children as 
political pawns as kind of social pawns and these kind of greater kind of ideological fights. And they seem to have no problem, you know, using kids as, as kind of props and this as, as social experiments and, and, um, and putting them at risk. I think, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily know what some of the effects are. We don't, you know, they're, they're very quick to bring in, you know, drag queens outside adults who are involved. And I would say, you know, nothing against, you know, adults that want to go to these things, but we don't always know, you know, who these people are and, and why they're necessarily really interested, you know, men that want to dress as women and kind of scantily clad clothing. They're really interested in reading the kids that might, you know, I might look at them with a little more scrutiny. Well, why would they want and, to do, I mean, if I was a drag queen, well, yeah. why would I even want to perform and gyrate like that on the floor in front of little children? And, mo- and most don't. Exactly. And most, yeah. and most yeah. don't. Exactly. There are drag queens and they've come out, we've played right. them, uh, their interviews oh. on, on our air are like, that is perverse and disgusting. And they would but, never but, do yeah, that. Yeah, of course. And my point is, is that when, when you bring this up though, it's like you're the crazy one, yeah. right? You, yeah. you know, you 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 hate children. You don't want right. them to be. Yeah. I mean, it's we we've kind of there's kind of this psychogenic, socially transmitted uh, insanity going on that I think we're all trying to make sense out of, and I think a lot of us are left feeling like, like, are we crazy? Like, you know, I'm going to get you know someone speaks out against drag queens coming into schools or even asks questions, and someone's going to call their job and threaten them or try to get them fired. Well, they did. And, and uh, the OIG just dis- dis- determined that there was no inciting of violence against anybody because there wasn't. <laughs> and that we have a right to free speech. I'm like, well, thank you. All right. Glad they got to the bottom of that. Yep. Um, right. Yeah. Frank, oh, we're going to have having... to, yes. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, you can read his works at chalkboardheresy.com, teacher, historian, and writer of said uh, website. Thank you, Frank McCormick, for coming down. We Thanks. appreciate it. If you're talking about it, Dan and Amy are talking about it. It's Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. As I mentioned uh, before the break about University of Illinois removing their COVID vaccination and testing requirements, they were so bad during the beginning of COVID, they would lock students in their rooms. And they wouldn't even let him go out to take the garbage out. <laughs> That's how bad it was. And it was so wow. bad. One uni- yeah. University of Illinois student committed. Oh, I have a hole in my sweater. One uh, committed suicide. And I remember we had his mom on this program. And she said it was because of the lockdowns, because he couldn't leave the room. Yeah. And he went crazy. And we did have three COVID deaths in Chicago. And Dr. Awardi did tell me that all of them had, they didn't die from COVID. They died with COVID, that they mm-hmm. all had severe Comorbidity and a death of any child is horrific Mm -hmm. and awful. But we had a lot of suicides because of COVID. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, when you, and that's, and and this is going to go on for for a long time. I mean, this, what, what we've gone through and, and I get it at the beginning, we didn't know what, what was happening, but as we started to, to, you know, turn the corner and, and kind of put a, you know, rein ourselves in a little bit from being, you know, just a bunch of sissies that we are. I mean, what's going to happen and the, the things that this has caused is going to be years, implications for years. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I guess I look at the – the only way I, I, I can look at kids or deal with kids is those that are around me. Right. And I don't know a young man in my life that would allow somebody to lock themselves in a dorm room. I just don't. Really? I know if it, was, if it was my kid, there's no way. Three one two six four two five six zero zero turnkey dot pro Answer line 64636. Type in DA, then a quick comment because we have a new variant here. Yeah. XBB.14 something. That's my ham radio operation uh, license <laughs> and, number. And 
and normally, you know, Jimmy Fallon tries to be funny every night, you know, on his show. I don't know if you watch his show. I, I generally don't. But he's 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 talented. I mean, yeah. he can sing, and he came up with a little ditty about this new variant. And I, I'm so glad that the Hollywood left is having such a good time with this. There was Alpha, then Delta, then Omicron next, but this latest variant might be the best. It's XBB.1.5. Another friend of COVID-19 has arrived. It's a new strain, but it isn't the same. Sounds more like Elon Musk's his name. It's XBB.1.5. Not UB40 who sings red, red wine. Put on your Is that, what, when can I start laughing about this? Because well, you know, I'm not in the laughing mood because I know you're a football dad. Yeah. I'm a football mom. Yeah. We had three games. Suspended, taken away Our from you. Our whole spring season, season yeah. for boys volleyball was canceled. Yeah. Do you know how many more scholarships I could have gotten for our kids or helped them get? If we had, I mean, we didn't People don't think touch like the that. ball once. People don't think like but, that, Amy, because sports isn't something you need to do because, you know, football's bad. It's going to get you hurt. You oh, know? yeah, we're all going to die you know, it, with you football. Know, it, you know, it, it just, it's just, that, that, here, you know what Jimmy Fallon was doing there? What we what we refer to that in the talk radio business? What? Filling a break. It's time. No, I thought he was, they're, they're, the left is over. The left is now laughing at this. Now, I, they want to, you know, okay, so maybe we made some wrong decisions along the way, but let's have fun with this new know, variant now. The, the problem I have with Fallon is he tries to be the star on The Tonight Show. And and when, you know, whether it was Leno or whether, even Letterman, none of these guys tried to be the star. They always tried to, you know, you prop up, you prop up the people that, that are there. You don't just do it for your own gain. And, of course, you know, uh, Fallon, by way of Saturday Night Live, is a uh, he's a star, so he's got to be fun and funny. I just it just sickens me that they're having such yeah. fun with this at our I, expense. Life experiences were taken away that cannot get back. Yeah. That's the problem. I think it's it's bigger than that. And then speaking of football, President Biden talked about is football's dangerous. He wouldn't talk about the border, mm-hmm. but when asked about football and Demar Hamlin, who by the way is making a great recovery, FaceTimed with his teammates yesterday, you know, saying that there's there's something greater than the game and that's love. But here's Biden about the dangers of football. The NFL is getting too dangerous. No, look. The idea that you're going to have... Come on. You got Come on. Come on. Come on. guys that are 6'8", 340 pounds, running a 4'8", 40. I mean, I you know... You hit somebody with that kind of force. Now, that's not what happened here. But I, I just think it's uh, I don't know how you avoid it. I, don't, I think working like hell on the helmets and the concussion protocols, that all makes a lot of sense. But it's, uh, you know, it is, it is dangerous. you got to just acknowledge it. Yeah, but you, but you see now here, I'll give, I'll give him some wiggle room there. Because he's, I, I agree, you got to work on concussions. Helmet yes. safety is cool. But you know what? Walking across the street is dangerous. 
I'm going to go race snowmobiles this weekend and go in a circle with 12 other idiots with 300 carbide spikes on our track going at copious amounts of speed. Is no, there a chance I'm going to have might... to worry about you. Well, don't, because it's, because it's <laughs> what we choose to do. We all make I'm choices. I'm a professional warrior. You know, and the thing is, is that it's not, you know, it's it's not causing anybody else. I mean, I've got my own insurance. I'm not a burden on anybody. We all choose to do what we want to do. It's called a free society. Have a little fun and live a little. Come on, man. I know. Come on, man. You know, he was... He was corn pop was a bad dude, and he stood corn up to him. I mean, there's nothing. I worse want to than meet that. this corn pop. Don't you want to hang out corn with corn pop? Dad, let's face it. All right. So recently, you had an issue. Was it you're being racially profiled? So I go. My my mother calls me on, uh, and my mom's ninety. She identifies as sixty five. My mom at ninety <laughs> is better than most people at fifty. Good. I'm telling you, this this woman is on task. She she fishes every day in the summer. She she gets she just gets stuff done. So she's busy, and she's, she's remained busy. young because she has a schedule. Yeah, she just comes yeah. from good stock. And uh, she calls me, and she's like, I've got a real problem here. And she's up in northern <laughs> Wisconsin. And I'm thinking, okay. Her voice got... does not sound like That's that. how I hear it. Okay. We've got frozen pipes. The sewer's backed up. She's fall- fallen and broken a hip. What's the deal? And I go, well, what can I help you with? Because I'm down here. Now, usually I have somebody up there you know, with her, or she's with me. The Social Security Administration messed up my check, my... <laughs> They said I made three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. So three hundred and fifty thousand. Three hundred and fifty thousand a year. She's ninety. So here's what happens. Well, she's retired, right? Yeah. Social Security numbers go crazy. So she's not getting any money because they think she's made three, and her insurance has gone through the roof. So she talks to her accountant. I don't know. Yeah, she makes no money. She lives off Social Security and a little savings. Nobody expected mom to live to 90. I mean, she's gotten into my inheritance. Oh, my. Ray, Sorry. that's so rude. She asked me what I should get her for. She, I said, what can I get you for Christmas? She said, a do not resuscitate shirt. I said, mom. <laughs> so she goes, here's what you got to do. I talked to the accountant. Uh-huh. You've got to go online to www. I'm like, no, don't. I don't need to. Don't she gave you the, the WWE. Don't do that, oh, you know, because she doesn't mom. know. Yeah, I know. And, and and she's nervous, you know. I can hear it in her voice. And then she then she tells me she's scared. So I'm like, okay, I've got to fix this for her. Well, it is scary, especially if you're on a set income yeah, and absolutely. you're relying on that money. And, and you wonder how many people they do this to that don't have somebody that'll go down to the local Social Security office. So I I, I log online to the WWW and I get the form <laughs> and I fill it out and then I bring it. I, I figured, you know, why mail it in? There's a Social Security office. In Aurora, I'm in Batavia. Oh, yeah, I'll go. go. They open at 9. I'll get there early. I'll bring my coffee. I'll go. How was that experience? Quarter to 9, I get there. And I swear to God, they were giving away Taylor Swift concert tickets. Was the line out the door? The line. I, I was 43rd in line at Ooh. quarter to 9 in the morning. The only guy that could speak English in the whole group. And I'm having a coffee. I'm the only guy that's not wearing a mask. And uh, oh my God. out comes the security guard. All right, it's 8.55, it's five minutes to nine. We open up at nine o'clock, here's the rules. And I'm standing there, and I and, and, and this this woman's looking right at me. Uh-huh. You gotta have a mask on. And no, you, you don't. And if you don't have a mask on, we'll provide you one. Wait, how long ago was this? This was uh, Thursday, last Thursday. So it was, well, yeah. There's last, no mask I know. mandates. This is why I'm being profiled. Okay. Because I so, don't have a mask. Oh, that's where it came in. And so, then the second reason I'm being profiled is, and if you... You don't have a mask, we'll give you one, and no drinking coffee. And, oh, oh, you got a double whammy. And there I am with my Dunkin' Donuts cup. And I, so I, I kind of. Why don't they let you drink? Could you drink water? They you just could, you probably could be bringing something nefarious in. I don't know. Oh. It's a federal building, you see. So I just looked at her and I winked and I held up my cup of coffee and I winked at her and I said, How you doing? 
she just not did not like me. No, 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 no. no. So uh, I get in there and uh, and I sit down and the guy that helped me was really friendly, really nice. Oh, good, good. And uh, I said, look, man, I go, I go, you know, unless my mom is cooking meth or selling her Elvis collection, she's not making three hundred and fifty thousand yeah, dollars. And he goes, no, he goes, he goes, she hasn't uh, had a job since nineteen eighty six. Um, so oh you know, he goes, we'll get back to you in uh, fifty to sixty business days. I go, fifty to sixty business days. She, she gets starved by she then. She might not be here by then. 50 the, to 60 business yeah, days? Yeah, and she's 90. But, you know, I, I just thought, you know, this, she it it freaked her out. So I'm telling you. Well, did they admit that they made a mistake? Oh, yeah, they admit okay. it. But they you know, they can't fix it. You know, we'll send your judgment and whatever. He goes, we'll take care of it. Well, will they give her back pay? Or? Oh, well, they don't have to because she's like, because she kept saying, I don't know where my stimulus check is. And I'm like, well, neither do I. <laughs> and now we find out it's because she, she made too much money. She made $350,000. Maybe, you know what? My mom likes bingo. She's in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Maybe she's doing one of those there. bingo shows for the kids. Well, oh, yeah, right. Um, that is, that's insane. What did she do for a living, though, by the way? My my mom was basically a housewife, which, mm-hmm. God bless that's her. That's a profession. And and then uh, she would do book. My, my dad had his own. We had a sheet metal heating and air conditioning and sheet metal company. Right. We worked on a lot of big buildings in Chicago, and she would do his book work, and then in order to get work in chicago he made her the owner of the company because if you're not a minority owner you don't get any work that's right so that's what we did so and then she always says well i was the president of the company and i'm like i never saw you there i never saw you there at five in the morning getting ready to go up on a hundred degree roof but she was the president of the company according to the books (laughs) this is chicago's morning answer your show keeps me alive during the week there's nobody i'd rather listen to between five and nine in the morning than you guys on am 560 the answer Big shout out because Mike Scott won't cover it in his newscast to South Dakota State. The Jackrabbits, ears up, they uh, beat North Dakota State. The Jackasses? What? They said the Jackrabbits. They beat uh, North Dakota in the national championship yesterday. It was on ABC News. It was a big deal. And where did this uh, quarterback go to school? He went to Neequa Valley. You ever been to Neequa Valley? I have been. It's, it's like beautiful. A, it's like a Division II college It's uh, gorgeous. Yeah. So he's a sophomore there for the Jackrabbits, and uh, good for him. Okay, good. That's why I thought it was a local story, Mike. Here's up. Here's <laughs> up. Thank you. Did you cover the minute, the uh, Michigan uh Games too because JJ McCarthy's from Lagrange. Oh, that's right. Didn't he go to a Florida school though? In between IMG, during, yeah, during COVID. COVID, IMG Academy. He went there, won a natty. Good for him. Yeah. 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 All right. So speaking of football, one of your son, your son used to play football. Correct? Yeah, he played at, at Batavia. Uh, he played at Batavia. Then he played in Wisconsin. Um, on it was last week. He called me. He's like, Dad, you're not going to believe this. He goes, uh, but my friend Miles was changing a tire on I-65, hmm. and he got smoke checked. And I'm like, okay. I had to look up smoke checked. What does that mean? I go, what do you what do you mean? He goes, we well, got hit by a car and killed. Ugh. So, um, we we Mike reported on that. Story, you know, I the uh, I, I you know I sixty five here, and I know this is it's so silly to have to say this because I, I, I know what you're going to say. Right, I can't stand I sixty. There's no shoulder of the road. Well, no, but but not only that, but it's like you know you will drive in and out. Somebody's driving to work this morning. And there might be somebody stuck in the left lane or the right lane. Nobody moves over. Nobody slows down. Everybody's in a hurry. I get it. Everybody's more important than anybody else. But this kid was a 25-year-old kid. He was a good kid. Um, so what they've done is they've put together a GoFundMe. 
And it's interesting because this kid's name was Miles Williams. He was a good, good guy. And if you go to my Facebook page, go to Ramblin' Ray on Facebook. You, you know, I, I got a feeling you people will like most of the stuff I post. But it's right there at the top of my page. And Miles' mom reached out to me, and she's like, hey, man, you know, we didn't know about this GoFundMe, and I just don't want people to have the appearance that we're not set up to financially take care of this, which I thought was really, you know, yeah. that's pretty. I mean, for her to have to worry about that, I said, listen, I said, this is what this town does, and this is why I love Batavia. And I know that there's little communities around Chicago that, that do this kind of thing, but this is just a, a team of people that are heartbroken over this, and they're probably going to take that money, give it to her. I said, let let this be some kind of a legacy where maybe you set up a scholarship fund or maybe oh, you use this. Honor, that'd be yeah, great. You know, maybe you use this to help somebody out. I work with the Chicago Street Pastors in the inner city. I'm going to be on their board of directors this year. I said, there's a lot of people that need help. I said, you know, I, I can't even imagine the, the loss this woman's yeah. feeling. But, but you know, if you can do a little good out of this, I said, let, let the people do it. Because you just <laughs> told me a second ago. Nobody wants to bring casseroles. I, and, I and, mean, a lot of yeah. people can't, and that's why people give to GoFundMe. So I posted up the GoFundMe on my page. If you if you got a dollar or two, and if you don't, just share it. That's all I ask. If you okay. can't afford, just share it. But I noticed that my daughter um, donated 50 bucks, and I thought, what a good little human being. That's great. If you're talking about it, Dan and Amy are talking about it. It's Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Take it easy. I know, Breathe I know. deep, breathe deep. I'm excited about our next guest. You love this guy. Good morning, Amy Jacobson here, Ramblin' Ray, Ray Stevens, sitting in for Dan Proft. Thanks for coming in. You are very welcome. I'm glad to be here, uh, uh, you know, especially for this guest because I enjoy his work on Fox. Yes, and we're talking about Tyrus. He's Fox News Channel contributor, comedian, NWA wrestling superstar, and now best-selling author of Just Tyrus, a memoir. And I just got done reading the book, and it's hard for me sometimes to... Any of you out there? Well, reading's hard. Well, no, no, no. It's finding the time. <laughs> right. It's finding the time to read. And sometimes you just want to take a break from politics. You want to just dive into, you know, other people's stories and their biographies. And this book, Tyrus, I recommend it. Again, it's called Just Tyrus, a Memoir. And on our turnkey.pro answer line is Tyrus. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Thanks for joining us. So the first question I have for you is how in the world... Did you go from being a NWA wrestling superstar and bodyguard from Snoop Dogg to be on Fox News? Uh, well, uh, let's see. What's the easiest way to do that? Uh, <laughs> if there was a formula or a direction, I'd, I'd be full of it. Uh, I've kind of been a dog chasing the tire when it's come to uh, career opportunities and stuff like that. Things just kind of happened, but uh, I was in the w i was bodyguarding for snoop and then i was in the wwe before nwa uh and then after my time in the wwe when i was transitioning and looking for i was working with a company called uh impact and started getting into movies and tv and stuff and that's always fun uh, when you're trying to have a steady paycheck (laughs) and uh i got a uh somebody was trolling uh, Gutfeld on Twitter. I'm not even sure exactly how he was on my feed or whatever, but it was some kind of wrestling reference, and, and I made a joke about it, and uh, 
killed the troll. And then uh, I got a message from uh, Gutfeld saying, hey, that was pretty funny. Would you ever consider coming on my show? And uh, I, I didn't even believe him at first. I mean, I had seen him on Red Eye a couple times, but, uh, you know, I just thought it was weird that uh, a political show would want a wrestler to come on that wasn't trying to bash wrestling. So uh, I kind of went on there with all guns aimed at uh, defending myself and my sport. But uh, it was it was pretty uh, – it was fun. My question was um, about a Royal Grande – licking donuts and putting them back. So it was real riveting stuff. <laughs> and uh, I, I believe I answered the question with the same sarcasm I had right now. Uh-huh. And, uh, and that's a long trip to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, during our first break, he just said, man, your timing is crazy. If you live in New York, uh, I'd make you a co-host. I'd bring you back. And I was just like, well, I'm not, I'm not moving to New York. And uh, still not. And um, he just said, what about once a month? I was like, sure. But, and it just kind of grew from there. Yeah, it's more than once a month, man, because it seems every time I watch, oh, yeah, and usually to a career, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we get up early in the morning. We do morning radio, but I mean, you are, you know, I, I'm I'm interested uh, by you because I I didn't know you before Gutfeld, and and I just kind of stumbled across Gutfeld, and I just thought, wow, here's this giant big man, always got the the belt over his shoulder, um, that you wouldn't think you'd see on a Fox News roundtable with a bunch of people that are fun and irreverent but you're like the common sense key to that whole show i mean when like it, the everyday working it, it, it is it's like it's like you're you know you always say common sense isn't common but you you bring that and and i think that's what makes his ratings and this shows your ratings too on this show so i mean beating everybody and you continue to and it's just because people are fed up and it's common sense you know thinking that will get us through where we are and i just love it well the difference between me and, uh, well, most people is like, uh, I've been fired a lot. Uh, things have not always worked. I've been in a situation where I've had to make decisions like, do we go on out this weekend or are we paying the light bill? Uh, you know, I've, so when I talk about, when you ask me questions about things, you can, if you're good at what you do, uh, and you should always answer from your wheelhouse and in your lane. So, uh, politics to me were always secondary putting food on my table and, and keeping my car from being repossessed was was more important and as i was able to look at what when i something would come down the pipe as far as government moves and stuff it's always like how did it affect me right and not necessarily how it affected my party because there's different levels i always think uh country before party and then right before country is, is me and my well-being so that's always been my formula, and I, I didn't think that it was crazy to not necessarily speak from the tent. I, I, you know, I don't have talking points. I just have effect. And there is more people who have had uh, my experiences than someone who's just uh, unaffected and just reading talking points. So I think that's where I have an advantage, and it's more relatable because it's coming from a place of, of of sincerity. So now in your uh, in your book you, you know, talk I don't BS a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sorry for interrupting you, Tyrus. But in your book, you talked about the one time when you weren't supportive of President Trump, and they didn't call you for a while. Can you walk us through that? Well, no, it was the, it had nothing to do with Trump because I've I've always if I didn't like something that he said or do, I speak on it. It was that I was not supportive of voting. Oh, that's uh, right. Okay, or it makes me a joke. Um, Voting is all, like I said, in the, 
the, my message, the lesson I learned was that just because I was having a bad day and wanted to say something smart uh, about the voting process, uh, it, that's something that you should always, people need to vote. Even if you don't like the situation, uh, your voice needs to be heard. So it was a lesson learned, and it made me think about, you know, just don't always blurt to get the laugh. Sometimes you have to think about there's, there's a weight with your words. Uh, yeah. And so uh, that was the lesson I learned. But it was all, it was a weird lesson because uh, so I took the week off. So me and my family, we went to the Cayman Islands for, and took a break. And while I was uh, walking by a bar, Rob O'Neill jumped out at me. And uh, I was like, hey, man, you can't jump out at people. <laughs> You're not allowed to do that. Like, and he's the person who killed Osama bin Laden, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, you don't want him, <laughs> yeah, you don't want him jumping out at you. I was like, assassin, no, you can't do that. <laughs> Thank you for your service, but no jumping out. Like that's <laughs> new house rule, uh, and so um, that's why I always think of that story. Not on top of that was because I was, I told my wife as we were walking back. I said she was like, "Who is that?" That's Rob O'Neill, <clears throat> and he's not allowed to do that. Yeah. So uh, it's, you know, every time I, I see him, um, and he's a great guy, but it's always like, "Hey, eyes front, man." No. Walking up on the sticks, as he would say. So now, in your book, uh, you describe how you were racially profiled by police uh, at certain times, and exposed to racism and discrimination, which normally can lead to becoming liberal or progressive. So, what was it in your background that led you to become conservative or libertarian? Um, well, I think the biggest thing is that uh, I don't group. I believe that being a uh, bad person is an individual achievement, uh, and. And you're going to meet all kinds of people who think all kinds of things about you. And um, you meet, I've probably had in my lifetime uh, over 100, maybe more interactions uh, with police officers. And on three occasions, uh, they were bad. And I don't blame the police force. I blame those three individuals. Just like, uh, and it's hard sometimes because you, Grouping is a good way to take away your own responsibility and not looking at what you could have done differently. Uh, and the same thing with racism, blaming. Uh, and for me, for a while growing up, it was easier to, uh, you know, uh, all police are bad, uh, all white people are racist. Those, those minds, those ways of thinking are very convenient because that takes all responsibility off you. So it's like a crutch. Um, you're going to meet bad people. But for me, honestly, most of the time when I met somebody that was uh, really narrow-minded or racist, that they were always liberal. So it really had nothing to do with, and it's a different racism. It's a polite racism. Huh. So you know the the stereotype of the Klansman with a President Trump and a Ronald Reagan tattoo on his back uh, is one in a million. You're very rarely going to meet some a person like that, no matter how much they want. The media wants you to think that way. That way of thinking doesn't isn't around as much as they would like it to be. But you are going to meet people uh, because it's accepted who will be like, uh, you need to have programs. You need to have all these things. We have to help you because you can't do it yourself. Well, we got to take history and 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 um, math out of schools because you guys can't do it. So you know we're going to help you by making it easier for you, and then uh, that way you can get on program. That, to me, is far more racist 
far more defeating mentally than someone saying, I don't like the way you look, and I, I'm, I'm not going to be friends with you. I want to work with you. They don't have the power. And, you know, and you'd be like, great, I know where I stand with you. And guess what? I don't like you either. So we can go on about our day. So you there's – it's got to it's 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 got to unnerve you when you see. I mean, we, we're in, we're in Chicago for God's sake. These neighborhoods are are what you just described goes on each and every day. People are told that they're not good enough. They can't do it. Uh, they 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 seem to be kept down by oppression. All while the system here, you know, tries to tell them do it our way. Yet there's never going to be any gains out of out of what they're doing. How do you tell somebody that might? be going through what you've gone through with your experiences in your past how do you tell somebody that you can climb out of this and you've got to be a little bit different to shine well for one you got to want it yep you have to be you just like anything else none of us gets out of a chair unless we're uncomfortable or, or you know we have something that we care enough about to go do that's number one you have to want it two um you have to be realistic with yourself maybe not with everybody else maybe you can put on a facade and everything else and and but you have to that's the biggest thing you have to want it. and people will be like well everybody wants it no they don't and things like and it's not it's the the, the challenge of educating yourself is far more important and this is a guy who likes to lift every day and i played athlete i played football i wrestled i played basketball like i've had a very successful athletic career but um i only went so far what carried me through the whole time was the fact that, and you made reference to it, but I was willing to read. I was willing to study. I was willing to dig in because I wanted a better life. And for whatever reason, I had the wire in me not to believe all the, the Jordan commercials and, and the things I saw in my neighborhoods that were unrealistic. I also saw the other, the real side of, you know, TV presents when you watch TV shows and they present how a drug dealer's life is so great until yep. he, his friend betrays him. And the bad cops get them. That's not how it is. And uh, I saw the other side. I just always wanted more. I wanted out. Yeah. yeah. And you have to, you've got to have that fire. That's number one. And two is when you fail, and you fail a lot, and I've failed a ton, is that you can look at the mirror and recognize you failed. My grandmother gave me the greatest advice once. I was, I was really upset. I got smacked, I think, by my stepfather. And, but, um, and then I went out, and I think I took a bat to the neighbors, something to that effect. And I remember she says, it's not, it's not when you get hit, you get judged by, it's your reaction. Yeah. What do you do when it happens? Because that's what happens, you know? And then in sports, it, they never see the first guy, they see the second guy, which is basically the same yeah. thing. When something bad happens to you, if you react bad, people just will remember the bad reaction. So that really hit home with me. So when I did, run across people who didn't like the way I looked or had a problem with that. I also realized that was just that one individual. And my reaction is I'm, I'm going to beat him anyway. And no, there's nothing worse than success. I mean, to people who don't believe in you or don't like you, and you're going to run across them and the color of your skin is really irrelevant and think, and this mindset of, Oh, well, there was nothing I could do. You would find a way. Maybe it's not going to be with that company. Maybe it's another company. Maybe, you know, maybe you start somewhere else. But as long as you're believing in yourself that that stuff's not going to happen. And there's going to be setbacks. And 99% of my setbacks were caused by me. So if you look at yourself honestly and don't have delusions of grandeur, I mean, you have, I had big dreams and I chased those dreams, but I also got my college education at the same time. So, uh, you know, you just got to – it's not always – everyone sees the montage of the movie. 
but they don't realize that it takes six months to make that montage. You know, you, you got to do the work. And a lot of people don't want to hear that, but it was reinforced to me by teachers, people around me. And I, and I saw people who were succeeding, and I was like, I want to do that. So you got to just, you got to put yourself around the right people. When you're around someone that's comfortable where they are, you're, it's crabs in a bucket. You know, they're going to convince you the system's rigged against you. And that's a lot of arrogance to think an entire system is focused on just me. And that's a lot of man hours stuff when I'm the one who oversleeps two hours. Yep. Yeah, you're working all the time. So you mentioned in your yeah. book, I know that you came from an abusive household and you had uh, parents and foster parents. And do you still talk to them by any chance? I'm Not your parents. Do you still talk to your foster parents? Because I was pushing for uh, no, you. They... I wanted you to succeed with them. Oh. And then, you know, it no, didn't they, work out. They, they passed it a few years ago. Oh, okay. Did you ever get to say goodbye to them? Um, or thank them. I saw, I saw them briefly, yes, and um, like I said, uh, and they were very proud. Good. So, uh, yeah, I got to see them uh, literally weeks before they passed. That's that's good. And now, so you have the show coming up, and people are exploding. Our text text line is exploding because people want you to do a show here in Chicago. But you have a show Saturday, February twenty fifth, in Decatur at the Civic Center Theater. You can get tickets at Eventbrite. Dot com, but do you have any plans to come here to Chicago? Something a little closer. Um, my wife is my booker. She does the events, but we are definitely, it's on the, it's on the map. So if uh, she can find the venue, uh, if you have a venue out there. Oh, uh, and you I have some ideas. Tyra Slides, yeah. Uh, just contact that email and she will get back to you because uh, she makes a pretty good percentage on my show. So she's going to put me out there. <laughs> That's how you keep a relationship strong, brother, right there. Well, this this whole thing was out of spite, so uh, I'm kind of known for <laughs> successful spite. Is I, I did one small, I did an event for somebody that wasn't selling out, and then when I did it for him, it sold out, and uh, the pay didn't match the event, and she was pretty irate about it. And I said, "Well, you know, you book it then." Get him back. And she was like, and she "Fine, did. I will." Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, with event. <laughs> so, yeah. so how did you uh, how did you choose this? So she just chose Decatur because. Why? No, they reached out. Oh. They, I mean, yeah, they reached out. You know, she's uh, doing her looking for venues. And, like, uh, we started in uh, – I did the first one in Edwardsville. And then when we were going to go, Edwardsville asked us to come back. And so I was getting ready to come back there. And then um, there was – Decatur was connected to Edwardsville somehow in a conversation with her. That's how we got it. So, um, you know, and it just kind of – everything just kind of falls into place. I believe if you – you know, I, I have a good and, venue for you, and I'll reach out to your wife. <clears throat> freedom Summit, our Freedom Summit next year. We got well. I think that you would be great at our Freedom Summit. But we'll, like I said, just <laughs> touch my piece. Okay, make it happen. All yeah, right. God, God bless you for staying south in this state. That's where you want to be. Don't come Ooh, here to Chicago. Chicago. It's not Ooh. normal. Yeah. Saturday, February twenty well, fifth. Chicago was a great. It is a great place. We just need. Uh, we just need leaders. Uh, to start reinvesting in our in our communities and our police department, and and Chicago can bounce back. Yeah. Um, it's just they have to recognize one. You got to recognize the problem. Two, uh, you have to want it to be better. You you have to government officials have to want it. And the only way we can control that is since we don't have term limits, is next next man or woman up. If they're not doing the job, you got to vote them out. And uh, that's the, that's how you that's how you solve that problem. Yes, and we have a mayoral race February twenty eighth, 
So that's a chance to get Mayor Lightfoot out of here. All right, Tyrus, we're going to have to leave it there for today. But again, he has an event Saturday, February 25th at Decatur Civic Center. To get tickets, go to eventbrite.com. And Tyrus, thank you so much for coming on the show. It, it means the world to us. Sure, no problem. Thank you, guys. Happy New Year. Take care, man. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Listen to Dan and Amy on your smartphone. Download the AM560 mobile app today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. America First with Sebastian Gorka. Today at 3, right before Sean Thompson at 4 on AM560. The Answer. All right. The 15th time is a charm. We finally have a Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy was up there making a joke, trying to bring some levity to the situation. You know, had a little egg on his face because it took so long to to get the votes, but he got him. That was easy, huh? I never thought we'd get up here. Thank you, Minority Leader Jeffries. Hakeem, I've got to warn you, two years ago, I got 100% of the vote from my conference. Uh, Late late, late night TV, because that happened Friday, well, Saturday morning. So I I got sucked into it, because I watched the first three days, and then I took a little break for round 13, came back for round 14, and then was there for round 15. Round 14 is when there was some uh, fisticuffs. Well, possible fisticuffs. Congressman Mike go. Rogers from Alabama. No. He had to be physically restrained because yeah. he was going after Matt yeah. Gates, who was the deciding Ooh. vote. And yeah, I thought Matt Gates was going to resign. I no, thought, yeah. Didn't, didn't he say that if uh, that if McCarthy was a speaker, he was going to step down? Well, McCarthy is going to get to work and and is doing what Matt Gates and the other holdouts wanted. But when we come back, our very first bill will repeal the funding for eighty-seven thousand new. <laughs> That was a big deal. You see, we believe government should be to help you, not go after you. We're going to pass bills to fix the nation's urgent challenges from wide open southern borders to American last energy policies to woke indoctrination in our schools. That's all good with me. I don't want to drive an electric car. Uh, Well, as my son said, and would say to you, suck it up at some point in time, you're going to have to do it. Uh, So you might as well learn now. Smack them. That's all right. Well, okay, thank you. Good talk. (laughs) Uh, Does Matt Gates deserve a smack for being a holdout? So is it worth it all going 15 rounds to elect a speaker? Absolutely. We got concessions that really were being rejected as early as Monday when it comes to being able to read legislation 72 hours before its adoption, individual appropriations bills, Mm -hmm. and ultimately what we negotiated ensures that we will never again have a circumstance like this omnibus spending legislation because bills will have to comport to a single subject. There will be germanity requirements on amendments. And so it's going to be an open process, a transparent process. I'm thrilled at where the House of Representatives is today. With more on this, let's welcome back to the program Ed Morrissey, senior editor for HotAir.com. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Ray. Great to be with you. Hello, sir. So with all these concessions that were made, it's Kevin McCarthy. Uh, can he keep Republicans in line? Yeah, you know, I think it's, a, I mean, that's a good question. It remains to be seen. But, you know, I, I think that 
when we're looking at this, we have to remember that this is sort of a status quo ante. I mean, the, the motion to vacate the chair threshold had been one seat for over a century before Nancy Pelosi changed it in 2018. And that was in part because there were attempts to deploy it against um, John Boehner. And John Boehner ended up resigning rather than dealing with the situation. And Paul Ryan ended up becoming speaker. But I mean, it was fairly stable. And even if you do a motion, you still have to get a majority of people who want to throw you out of the, the speaker's chair. Now, that's a little easier when you only have a five seat majority. But, um, but yeah, you know, I think that now that this is over, now that the fight is over, everybody's invested in trying to get to a good outcome here. And I think it really just depends on whether or not McCarthy can uh, can make a good case that he's operating in good faith. I, I think you've got people like Matt Gates and um, Andy Biggs who probably will never buy into that. Yeah. But I think for the most part, the rest of their caucus is going to is going to keep them in check, and they're simply just going to have uh, tell them that they're going to lose out on any sort of assistance that that, that they might otherwise get in next election efforts if they keep trying to, you know, blow the place up. Well, some of the concessions that were made, I mean, term limits will be put up for a vote. That's kind of a sticky wicket. But also, COVID mandates will be ended, as will all funding for them, including so-called emergency funding. That might not sit well with our governor, because I don't know if you know, we're still in a state of emergency here in Illinois for the 34th month in a row. Yeah, golly. Um, you know, I moved to Texas where they don't have those sorts of things, so I don't know what to tell you there, Amy. But uh, uh, yeah, I, no, I I totally get this. I, you know, the the these are symbolic votes, right? Uh, especially the one on term limits. You can't you can't impose term limits on the House of Representatives without putting it in the constitutional amendment. I, I mean, so if they want to pass a constitutional amendment, they can vote for, it, but it's never going to get two thirds of the chamber. Uh, which is what's required. And then you have to get two thirds in the Senate as well. And if you're voting on legislation to impose that, A, it's not going to go anywhere in the Senate anyway, but B, it's insufficient because you can't address that by statute. It has to be a constitutional amendment. So those are mostly symbolic votes. And I don't think that that was really what was holding up the deal here. I think Kevin McCarthy would have been fine with holding symbolic votes on those types of issues. The issue was who's going to sit on the rules committee? Who's going to, you know, who's going to uh, deal with the debt uh, limit that's going to have to get raised because Congress keeps spending money. Uh, those are the issues I think that really held this up. And I think those are the issues where we'll see how well this holds together. Let me, let me ask you this because, yeah, and I, and I, I, in, in this instance, I'm glad that we have a 30 second memory and the news cycle travels so fast in this country because, <laughs> because you know, you know that this is going to be brought back. I, I kept watching this and I'm like, okay, I get what's going on here, but still the, the optics of it, Every day, um, you know, Nancy Pelosi's coming out and she's tweeting, oh, my God, this is horrible. We're not doing the people's work. And when we should be focusing on just the great fact that she's not there anymore. But do you think that this gets used against Republicans in the next election cycle? Oh, I think maybe it will be tried to be used, you know, and I think, it, you know, for a week or so it had, you know, there was a bad taste in people's mouths. And I, I would argue it's because this is the type of thing that they should have ironed out before the first day of the session. Mm-hmm. They had several weeks to iron this stuff out, and apparently nobody bothered to, to, to do these negotiations when they could have done it, you know, uh, behind closed doors and, and get, gotten their, you know, collective stuff together. Um, but honestly, I mean, this is all inside baseball stuff that people, you know, voters outside of D.C. probably don't even really care who the Speaker of the House is, other than the fact that it's a Republican rather than a Democrat. And so I think that this is a 
uh, at best a nine-day wonder. And and I'll I'll tell you this: in 2013, Ted Cruz launched an incredibly stupid um, government shutdown for no purpose whatsoever. So there's a, some similarities here, right? And ended up almost stepping all over the fact that the Obamacare website collapsed under its own weight when it first launched, and it took them six or seven weeks to get that thing running. It was a big distraction. People are saying, oh, gosh, people are going to think that Republicans uh, aren't a governing party. Well, what happened a year later? Republicans picked up eight seats in the Senate, and two years after that, they won the presidency. I think that those types of inside baseball things really have a very short shelf life. If something like that had happened a month before the midterms, it might have had a bigger impact. But I think that, you know, a year and a half from now, nobody's going to care about that. All right. So Biden hit the border for the first time, but he didn't see any migrants, and he saw a sanitized version of El Paso saying only this to reporters. Don't blink, Ed. You'll miss it. That they need a lot of resources, and we're going to get them for them. Whoa, big impact. Right. Is anything going to change with that uh, visit that he made yesterday to El Paso? No, I was referring to it this morning as uh, his three-hour tour of Gilligan's Border Crisis. He <laughs> um, was on the SS Minnow down there on, yeah. on, the, on the Rio Grande. Um, No, this is just, it's posturing. Three hours at the border is really silly. I mean, it's fine that he finally went down there two years after becoming president and two years after touching off this border crisis, but he didn't have anything to say. And it's simply a posture. Now, if he comes back and offers a a real reform package that Republicans can get behind, maybe he he could pick up some traction. You know, Josh Kroshauer was writing in Axios that, well, he's going to be he's going to be pivoting to the center over the next two years in preparation for 2024. He pivoted to the center during the 2020 campaign, and he ended up being exactly the same guy he's been his entire life. A vicious demagogue who will say anything that he thinks people want to hear while pursuing the politics of the moment uh, to get the most juice out of uh, whatever is going on for the purpose of promoting Joe Biden. And that's exactly who the guy is. It's exactly who he's going to be for the next two years, too. Well, Trump already announced that he's running. John Bolton now is uh, the first challenger for Trump for 2024. When is Biden going to come forward and say whether or not he's going to run? And do you think he's well, going to run? Oh, he's going to run. He'll run. Um, I don't know that Bolton actually announced. I think Bolton talked about announcing uh, you know, in, in the U.K., and Bolton has said, I didn't actually announce. If I was going to announce, it certainly wouldn't be in, in you know, in England, uh, which makes a lot of sense. Bolton's a smarter guy than that. Um, but, uh, you know, I think you're going to see DeSantis get out. I mean, Bolton jumping into a presidential election is just silly. Nobody's going to vote for John no. Bolton, even among his allies. Nobody wants to see that guy be president. And I like John Bolton. I think he's a very smart guy. Um but there are much better there are much better alternatives to Donald Trump if that's what you're looking for. And Ron DeSantis is going to be chief among them. I just I just don't see how the Democrats can run this guy again. I don't. But I, I, I know I, I can't believe they did it last time. And, and and you know you look at Mayor Pete and and, and this, the talk of this guy running it. You, 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 well, look at Governor Newsom. Me. His inauguration speech sounded like a presidential. That's speech. That's what these governors do. Because he was with attacking these big yeah. DeSantis and all you know. Republican, red, well, yeah, red governors in, in different states. Here, here's part of that if you want to hear. They're promoting grievance and victimhood in an attempt to erase so much of the progress you and I have witnessed in our lifetimes. You know, in our finest hours, California has, has been, well, freedom's force multiplier, <laughs> protecting liberty from a rising tide of oppression, taking root in state houses, weaknesses, 
masquerading as strength, small men in big offices. Who coached him, Rob Reiner? (laughs) What? Are all Democrats just complete liars, or what, what is this? Uh, well, I, I'll tell you how the reason why they probably are going to run Biden over Newsom the next time is because Newsom was basically running um, his presidential campaign in Florida and Texas over the last several months, right before the midterms. What happened in Florida and Texas? Red waves. <laughs> I right. mean, Newsom was on the air in both of these states, my state and the state of Florida. DeSantis ends up winning his uh, gubernatorial election by 19 points and Republicans absolutely flood the zone. They even won in Miami-Dade, which is, you know, eye-popping in Florida. And here in Texas, you know, uh, Abbott won re-election. Abbott's not a terribly popular guy among Republicans here, by the way. But he ends up winning by double digits, and Republicans basically flood the zone in statewide offices anyway here in Texas. Newsom, <laughs> Newsom really doesn't perform well outside of California and actually doesn't actually How's perform all that well, well inside yeah. California either. <laughs> He's so like he's so pompous, and he thinks he's so great. I mean, you got to watch his three and a half, I mean, his inauguration speech. And today we have President or Governor yeah. Pritzker, who also wants to be president. His inauguration speeches today, but I, I don't get it. I mean, I mean, I don't understand the 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 posturing when you have three hundred fifty thousand people that have left your state. Yep. At how you can stand up there and and have the hubris to to give the speech you just gave. Inclu- I don't get it. Including his in laws yeah. who left and moved to Florida. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. Everybody's moving out. It's a net loss of 300,000 people last year. That's I mean, this is the first significant outward migration of California probably since the gold rush. And it's coming on Newsom's watch because the place is devolving into an absolute, uh, you know, pit. And you only have to look at what's happening in Los Angeles and San Francisco, the two biggest um, urban centers in that state, to see exactly why people are voting with their feet and leaving the state. Uh, and where are they going? They're going to Florida and Texas, which is the reason why Newsom was campaigning in Florida and Texas, to try to try to convince them that they're leaving freedom behind, despite all of their own personal experience in this matter. And you know what happened here over the weekend? I don't know if you heard this too, Ray. Uh, homeless encampments are starting to pop up near Michigan Avenue on Chestnut Street on the corner of Chestnut and Michigan Avenue. And nobody's taking them down. So that is that is the beginning of the end of the Mag Mile. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, we're, I, I went back to Orange County, California, where I more or less grew up. Right. And mm-hmm. and lived for a good significant part of my early adult uh, years. And there were homeless people in every single corner. And you never saw that in Orange County. You never saw it really, in, know. you know, outside of Skid Row areas. You never really saw that in Los Angeles either, even in, in the city. And I mean, it's just gotten out of control, absolutely out of control there. And um, I mean, it's 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 a decline uh, that is absolutely uh, impossible to miss nobody wants to hurt anybody's feelings i mean i remember when old man daly was in and these are stories yeah this yeah he would call a engine they would tell me these stories well you know old firefighters say you know he'd call us up and get down to the lawrence avenue bridge under lsd like shore drive and this ram take the fire hose they asked him to leave once they asked him to leave twice third time nope and they got out the water cannons and just that's how they got rid of which sounds so bad. And I, I, you know, I feel bad for for people, but the homeless people, they don't want housing. No. The ones that I've met, they like their freedoms. Yeah. They want to be out. They don't want to live, you know, because they say, oh, we'll give you three months free rent. But then after that, they got to start paying and they don't want that. They want the freedom of movement. 
Camping yep. on the Mag Mile. Seems chilly this time of year, but maybe in June or July no, but, I'll but take it up. somebody's donated these red tents. Yeah. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, Ed Morris, so you can, at Amy Jacobson, SON, and you can see these red tents. Somebody donated these insulated tents, which are, I guess they're wonderful, and they keep the cold out. And so now those red tents are popping up everywhere, yep. under every underpass and along the lakefront. The lakefront, have you driven up there you lately? Can't, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, you, you don't yeah. even... No. I, I just can't believe that they allowed this, that the mayor allowed this to happen. So it's not only L.A., Orange County, it's also here in Chicago. All right, Ed Morrissey, what are you working on for today? Well, I'm about ready to write about this uh, new Washington Post report about uh, the disinformation freakout being based on absolutely nothing at all. New study that just came out, the Washington Post, seven years after everybody started freaking out about Russian media trollery and, and disinformation. Turns out that you know, it didn't actually change anybody's mind, didn't change any votes. Um, and uh, I'm going to link it back to something that was written a couple of years ago about the big disinfo uh, government media industrial complex. And I think that that's a very good uh, thing to be looking at today. So that's going to be going up actually in the next few minutes. Okay. Ed Morrissey, senior editor for hotair.com. And we'll check out your article later today. Thanks, Ed. Thanks. Have a great day. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. This is the morning show. More Chicago radio listeners are choosing. This is Chicago's morning answer on AM 560. The answer. Thanks for listening to Chicago's morning answer podcast sponsored by Signature Bank. Signature Bank takes pride in helping customers grow their business and provide unmatched banking expertise, custom financial solutions, and the industry's best technology. So whether you're a business looking for a deposit relationship or needs a ready source of financing, Signature Bank is the right bank for you. Call today at 773-467-5600 to hear how Signature Bank can help your business grow and thrive. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.